And that's right, there's no fucking guest this week because our guest is an old friend. An old friend we visited too many times on one fateful night. The pillar of Canon Films, if you will. One of the pillars. This is the most, it, this has to be the most interesting Canon film that exists. It is definitely. It ended Bronson's career with Canon. Right. And uh, it makes sense. This is clearly not Canon's Canon. This is an art house movie, essentially. This is Bronson's American History X. It's very complex. It's very challenging, Murray. Really? Prove me wrong here. It probably originally was, and then they just turned it into a Bronson film. Maybe. I think so. Uh, would you say, Griff, this is our sleaziest movie we've ever done? 1,000%. And we've done Ilsa Shewell for the SS. Correct. We just did a movie last week where a doctor said the cure for rape is more rape. Yes. And yet somehow this still is the sleaziest. Because in Ilsa, at least it was non-consenting adults. Exactly. Now we have non-consenting children. Right. And now you know why we had such such issues when we were podcast babies. Now yeah. we've, we've, we're veterans. We're, we've done five tours of duty. Right. And this, We can handle any movie now. This is an apt time to give you the trigger warning. Yes. Uh, well, I feel like we should just kind of skirt over the one scene there, the two scenes there where they kind of allude to some stuff and just say some traumatizing things are happening. But this is a well, they they, troubling well, they don't movie. they don't no, show no. it. They no. they do a, a forgasso. Oh yeah, they let your mind. Yeah, it's mental masturbation, if you will. It's a very uncomfortable movie, and again, yeah. this is why we attempted it twice, twice and came back with a product that we were like, we cannot fucking back air to this. back. Back to back. It was almost as long as a normal episode we do now. Right. How much we recorded. Right. Uh, we went from one page. Now we're up to five pages yeah, I was hope, of notes. Uh, yeah, get the catheters out. I was That's hoping right. we'd get a week off. We'd get a 90-minute episode. But then when we watched this movie, we were like, no, there's so much to delve into. There is so much more than we ever attempted in those first two tries. The best part of it is... It, the lesson it teaches is that all people, no matter what their color, creed, religion, are scum. Yes. Everybody, there's so many scumbags in this movie. There's so uh, many questionable ethics happening here. There's so many questionable parentings. There's so much projection happening here. Yeah. And I want to tell you, uh, I want to tell the audience that this comes from the mind of a guy who worked with Bronson a lot. Actually, the writer worked with Bronson quite a bit, too, at least a couple times. But the director more so. Yeah. J. Lee Thompson. He ended up doing uh, 
several, like basically all of '80s Bronson movies. You yeah, think? Some, uh, yeah, I mean, most of Bronson's '70s and '80s that people don't really care for. Yeah, he did. Yeah, so uh, he did one. I don't know. We might do this someday. It's uh, it's about uh, I forget who. I think Bronson plays. I think he plays an historical famous character. I don't remember what, but he's hunting the great white buffalo. I think it's called like white buffalo. Okay. And this is it's got like a cool kind of animatronic buffalo in it. <laughs> we might do that. But, might do that. But uh But so Jay Lee has he did of course Death Wish Four with Bronson. He had a little tweet for uh, the audience. Yeah. That soccer ball remote bomb. That was scene. five. Oh, that was Four five. Was the one where the girl smoked crack once and died. We did that one with Stuart. Oh, we so got it. it was the crackdown. That's why it was called crack. Oh, the crackdown. Danny Trejo was in it though. Oh, well, his his paper, paper mache uh, mannequin was in it. Okay, was this the one with the the running guy? What was his name? They were living in like this weird, like completely rundown city. Was that four? That's three. That's three. What was four? Giggler was from three. Yeah, Giggler. That's Four was, was the of. crackdown. It was about crack was ruining our streets, and he went undercover. I remember he went to some guy's house pretending to be like a waiter, like a catering waiter. Okay. And he fucked with the phones. Remember, he like unscrewed them, put the shit in. Yeah, that kind of rings a bell. <laughs> and then uh, that's all I remember. I remember Danny Trejo, his, his mannequin exploded. Okay, I remember that scene because yeah. I was at the diner. It wasn't a diner, it was a restaurant. It was nice, a restaurant. It was a nice Italian restaurant. Okay. <laughs> okay, excuse me. Yeah. Well, then, there's a difference. There is. But... There was a diner in five where he put the arsenic on the cannolis. <laughs> You're right. You're right. This is very important detail to get right. Leave the gun, take the cannoli. But, of course, one of other J. Lee Thompson's movies that he did with Bronson was Ten to Midnight, yeah. a movie about a sexual... Pervert. Uh, sex, psycho, sex killer. A right. night killer, if you will. A night he killer. He was more of a night killer than uh, our night killer from last week. He actually week. did it at night. Yeah. But what else did he use, Murray? Use. Yes, our sexual psycho killer in uh, 10 to Midnight. No clothes? Uh, that penis pump. Wasn't oh, that from 10 to what, Midnight? What did it pe- it wasn't a penis pump. It was a, it was a, it, it was a pocket pussy. Yeah, it was some kind of pocket pussy. But like an electrical, he like upgraded it. He hooked it up to like an electrical pump or something. Like like uh, 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 theater of blood style. Ed, yeah, that in fact, I think we still got some in the in the warehouse. Uh, some of the Magnificent Seven. Yep, just the, like uh, our Snickers. Charles Bronson sex toy set. By the way, if you really want to hear about that, go listen to Death Wish Three. That's right, Magnificent Seven, the Charles Bronson sex toy collection. Comes in its own Kinja Tache case. That's where this, this the whole idea came from. This movie, right? There's a Kinja Tache case in this movie. Correct. There is a, uh, a more sparse. I mean, the the Magnificent Seven is amazing. That's why it's called the Magnificent Seven. Correct. This is more rudimentary. Yeah, this is standard businessman type stuff. Tons of right. lube. Glo- you notice that? Yeah, he had v- v- Vaseline and lube. Yeah, and lots of gloves. Like, come yeah, on. Yeah, lots of. Gloves. Well, he's only. Get fastly on your hands, Penny has to get it off. <laughs> but never mind. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll leave that into, to we'll your get imagination. Into that. No, we're going to get into that. Uh, but my my point here is, we have more dildos. We have more conjecta. Jay Lee has a thing for sexual perversion. He sees these objects as being you're taking business away from from fleshy dicks. He's clearly offended by this stuff. He's projecting. Well, because the midnight had fleshy pussies. What's that? 
10 to Midnight did not have fleshy dicks. It had fleshy pussies. Sure. Taking away business from fleshy pussies. But I, I feel like he's worried that opposite sexes are going to, you know, hetero couples aren't going to be fucking each other because we got all these objects now. Well, that's where we're at right now, isn't it? I, I don't think so. I mean, women are fucking themselves with rubber tentacles now and shit. <laughs> At least we didn't have that back then. <laughs> is that what Jay was trying to warn us about? Where this, this is going to go? Well, yeah, I think ultimately this movie is a warning about woke culture and how it's going to ruin society. And we gave us a warning, and we didn't listen. We didn't heed it. Apparently. And now 35 years later, this look where we are now. Women fucking tentacles. <laughs> On camera. On camera. For money. For money. Yeah. Jay Lee was right there. He almost had us to the end line. See, everybody, this is an art house movie. This is right up there. It makes you question things. It makes you talk about things. Is he one of the greatest you know, future tellers of all time? But... We also have a lot of characters. You you know you're challenged with a lot of racism in this movie. But yeah, I mean, well, yeah, we'll get into that because yeah. I have the perspective because I was you were like a toddler when this movie came out. I actually have some perspective on that. When yeah. we get to it. It'll be interesting. Yeah. And then of course we have a lot of people just kind of manning up and telling people to move on with traumatizing experiences. Yeah. And Walk it off. That comes up multiple times where a character Bronson's character actually Crow no first name just Crow or Lieutenant his first name could be Lieutenant it could be which would mean he would be born to be a cop Lieutenant Lieutenant Crow Um, Captain Lieutenant Crow Captain Lieutenant he's a captain no he's a a Lieutenant so what's interesting is he shows some vulnerability he shows what a failure is because he's 68 years old in this movie and he's still this Lieutenant Right. Oh, interesting. Yeah, he's yeah. committed to the hit streets, that, cleaning that the streets. Up. Yeah, he's committed. Yeah, he's the to the vice cop. Uh, but he shows some vulnerability, and everybody is just like, "Fuck! What are you doing?" Everybody confides in. I don't like this Duke character. However, if Wings Hauser played Duke, you know how amazing that would have been. Bronson versus Wings Hauser. I mean, we know Wings can play a badass pimp. Yeah. He did it with his ramrod. And a sleaze bag. Yeah. The only thing I can't... And he fits the name Duke Fitz Wings more. That would fit him better. See, yeah. I like... I did like Duke's tiny little scorpion braid. Uh, was it a braid? I thought it was just a, I it, thought it was just a stringy it, it looked little like it was, It looked like it was braided. It was awful. Oh, it was so sleazy. And you uh. see... He brings that more feminine uh, sleaze energy, you yeah. know, energy. He's he's always going out and spending thousands of dollars on clothes at yeah. Rosario's. Yeah, that's where I get my clothes. That's too. Of, co- uh, of that's course, where, the only place you can get the real Dolomite designs. Right, Rosario's. Rosario's. And of course, in LA. forever in L.A., go to Rosario's on Rodeo Drive. Murray is wearing his hand uh, woven corduroy jacket right now, but he doesn't have his arms in the sleeves. It's just draped over his yes. shoulders. Yeah, Duke style. He's high fashion, man. You can't. Yeah, well, can't that's what that's that. what drew the ladies: gold for the money and green for the honeys. So I have a, a green for the money, gold for the one honey. of I'm my sorry. one of my theories that I feel like we're gonna explore throughout this movie. Some a lot of things get explored in this movie. A lot, a lot of, of orifices. A lot of explored. yeah, exactly. A lot of orifices. Um, I said there's a lot of projection in this movie. I think one of the things that's being projected, Bronson's constantly like a penis. Ew, 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 ew. yet. When it's time to sodomize. Because that's good old Old Testament judge, judgment, judge, yeah. jury, and execution. Yeah, there's no pleasure in that for him. Well, no, he does get, I mean, he doesn't get sexual pleasure. He gets, well, he probably does come, but it's, it's, not what, <laughs> it's not what you think. It's because, yes, it's like he's he's like 
vengeance is mine, so saith the crow. Right, right. You know? <laughs> That's even better. Like, he gets off on that righteous the ori- He is the original crow. This is what yeah. J.T. Barber, or whatever uh, their name is, J- saw this. J.O. Barr. J.L. Barr. You yeah. know who also saw this movie? Donald Trump, and we'll get into that later. Oh, my God. Mm, yeah. But uh, I don't know if there's much more to talk about in the top half. You had your warning. There's a lot of there's a lot of uncomfortable stuff happening in this movie. Yeah, but I so. think we we're now that we're scrappy veterans, we can handle it now. Uh, child and trafficking. Because there was a time five years ago, and we thought we had a future yeah. that we could actually make something of our lives. So we were worried about how we would come off. Yeah. And now we just realize life is meaningless, and we can we'll just say what we want to say. <laughs> there's well, no hope. I want to preface. We're against child trafficking. Of course we it's are. It's disgusting and terrible. Yeah, I don't care how offensive that is to some people. I'll con- I know it's controversial to say you're against child sex trafficking, but yeah. I'm just there right now. I don't like it. And I think the people are bad who do it. I think they're also they're kinda, bad. They're very crummy. Right. Stamp on that. They're bad. Yeah. Also bad things? Racism. Yeah. So there you go. The, those are probably the two biggest problems in this movie. Child trafficking, racism. Very, there's very the racism. I think is very complex. We'll get into that too. Crow's character is a very complex. Yeah, character. no. Again, this is an art theater, our movie. It's very complex. Well, think of think what Claudio Fragasso could have. Excuse me, Clyde Anderson could have done with this script because he's he's art house up the ass. Yeah, yeah. And we saw it last week. We talked for three hours about that. Right. So Murray, I think it's about time. We're going back to our roots. We're doing a canon movie. We're doing the movie we thought we would never do. Why? Because it's about Kinjite. Forbidden subject. There is a world of shadow and darkness. Just where I thought Brownie Weakman put her on the streets. A world we never see. We have a 14-year-old brought in last night. Been in town 72 hours. Gang raped, abandoned. A realm of secret appetites and hidden passions. She wasn't enjoying it. Why didn't she cry for help? Because of shame. A realm where nothing is taboo. It was Duke who put you out on the street. He made you turn tricks. Duke was good to me. Charles Bronson. Everybody on the floor, now! Kinjite, forbidden subjects. Nico's our daughter, and she's just a young girl. It is different in Japan. A daughter like Fumiko-san would be an innocent. I can imagine how that guy must feel, being the father of a teenager. Hi, Daddy. Would you rather she were in the back seat of a car somewhere? Rita's your daughter. She's not your wife. Every desire becomes obsession. Somebody cops a feel off Rita on the bus, and you're behaving like she was raped or something. And every obsession explodes into violence. This feeling of revenge that's eating my gut. We're all beset with demons. Every one of us. You make a living selling little kids. I'm going to put you out of business. Welcome down. Sit on your butt, but it's gonna it's gonna get tight in a minute here because this scene is sexy. It's really gonna hurt if it's tight. 
Uh, yeah, we open it up with just <laughs> smatterings of sleaze. We're just, they're just, we're just getting bombarded with the filth that is L.A. 1989 style. Yeah. We see the the, the original Kenji Tashe case being opened. Right. This we, is the prototype, people. We improved it. Of course vastly. we did. This is very sparse. This is very... This is what a guy who spends his whole life in the office dreaming of what, you know, his secretary's wearing under her skirt thinks is in a Kinchate case. Yeah, it's just a branch long, a writing crop, thing of Vaseline. And lubricant. Tube of lube. What do, you think? do you think he uses the lube for the vagina and then the Vaseline for the ass or vice versa? He might mix. He doesn't like to, well, I don't think he likes to mix. That's why he keeps them separate. That's a good point. But and, all, and like you said, lots of rubber gloves. Lots of rubber. There were condoms, too. There were? Oh, so at least all magnums. He's just going to slay around. He's not going to use. He's going to throw them around everywhere. Man. Since we're talking, we've got this topic on hand. I was listening to a story on NPR, and it was ta- Taiwan's going through their Me Too movement. And this girl was tell, or this woman's telling her story of getting, uh, you know, approached. Maybe by, they finally got Kenjite. Maybe and they were like, "Wow, that's wrong." Right. Uh, so this woman is confronted by this guy, uh, some kind of politician, of course, and he starts getting drunk and starts telling her more and more, like, "You know, we, sh- I'm gonna divorce my wife, and then we're gonna hook up, and we're gonna go together. It's gonna be awesome." But I warn you, I have a tiny penis, but I have a lot of money. That's so what this guy said to her to pick her up. He's honest. At least he's honest. I thought women liked honest. Out of a politician, too. You said he was from Taiwan? Uh, I believe she was working as an interpreter, so she was uh, he in was New York. Taiwanese? No. As far as I know, he was American. The woman was Taiwanese. Came so that's to what he, well, because he assumed, like, oh, you're used to small dicks. That, that had to be a... That's probably why. Guys, racism in the real world. Yeah. So, all right, we see that barely a Kinjitashi case. Yeah, it's weak. Yeah. And then we just see a woman getting undressed. We see she's wearing some stockings and some, some black panties. <laughs> being handcuffed to the end of a chintzy Not little. Not being handcuffed, being tied up with tied. ties. Yeah, yeah, ties. Neckties. Yeah. And did, did, he, did he take off his, he had, there's two arms Hence, two ties. Is he wearing two ties at the same yeah, time? With that tie on a tie? That's interesting. Uh, maybe he kept Because I did not a... see it in the Kenji Tache case. Right. Maybe he kept one. He should have had, like, silk cords or something. You know, something erotic. Why wasn't that in the case? Well, Idiot. We're going to be on the case with that. We're on the case, obviously. We see a character we'll learn is Duke. We just know him as generic Hispanic man with a stringy rat tail. Right. Snorting coke off a mirror. Uh, then we get a nice cut of a woman just face down, apparently dead. She's got a nice butt, though. Eight, for 89, I was like, 89 man. and Asian? And Not Asian. Bad. 89 and Asian. That's going to be my metal band. That's my, that was my favorite porn. From 89, <laughs> 89 and Asian. Well, it, well, it should be 69 and Asian. That was the parody of that. <laughs> okay. All right. Now we see, we meet our hero, Lieutenant Crow. No first name. But his partner has a first name, Eddie. Eddie Rios. Yes. Took me a long time I to figure that one out. I was waiting for him to say he's two weeks away from retiring. Actually, because they're both elderly. Yeah. <laughs> Bronson, we know as uh, that. Bronson condition. was literally 68 when he filmed this. It's just 68. Okay. Just 68. <laughs> well, he, he was born old. He was born old. Yeah. Yeah. 
And they're doing a stakeout. And how do we know it's a stakeout, Griff? This is the, the genius of old-time filmmakers. I don't need people to say it. I just see fast food wrappers everywhere in the right. car. And they're talking about L.A. cuisine because, of course, we're in L.A. here. And at one point, he's talking. Eddie's talking about some restaurant that some you Some frou-frou shit. Yeah. And his big uh, uh, closing line, his big fucking zinger here was, yeah, the food might be a digestible, but the mixed vegetables look like doo-doo. And then Crow's like, I heard people are going back to old-fashioned American pot roast. <laughs> pot roast. He said that. And mashed potatoes. Real food. Real food. For real Not Americans. that fruity French stuff. Anyways, stakeout, it's, the heat's turned up because a sleazebag named Duke pulls right up in front of him. Well, he doesn't pull up. He gets chauffeured everywhere. Yeah, yeah, chauffeured. By his right-hand man. Levon. 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 And uh, he's not just he's not a chauffeur, though. This guy has aspirations of his own. Like, right. He's got an eye for talent as well. Right. To learn. They drop off this woman. More like a girl. Look, the same age as my daughter. She is wearing a trash, lou- trash lounge outfit, if you didn't realize that. A trash lounge outfit? Yeah, you know our trash lounge. Yeah, no, our trash lodge, yeah, excuse me. Uh, my brain. Um, Played by Nicole, Nicole Eggert, who we last saw on our show on the Baywatch episode, where she was in love with that guy who was like mentally challenged fighter. Yes! Holy yeah. shit, yeah. Creep it up. She was probably at no more than 17 in this role. I think... She's a little too young for what she does. Yeah. There's no nudity, but yeah, no nudity. But it's a little creepy. That was a Paul London episode, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Anyways, Crow, he's like, "We're making our move. I cannot abide Duke turning another girl out." Right. And so, you know, Duke's last name might be uh, what? Wait, what's the guy? He supposedly offed himself. I don't. Who? Gislin. And oh, St- Epstein, Epstein, Duke Epstein, Duke Epstein. He's clearly he's an like, you no, know what his name should have been. Juan Epstein, Juan Epstein <laughs> from from Griff from. Oh, no. Classic sitcom. Welcome back, Carter, the Jewish oh. Puerto Rican Juan Epstein. And he always had notes. So he should have said, yeah, uh, you know, don't blame me for turning out this girl. Signed, Epstein's mom. Oh, wow. He could have gotten away with it. Okay. But they, they go, we got to rush in. They don't want to, they know what's going to happen. Right. I want to I want to preface this because later on in this movie, his partner, Eddie, Crow's partner, Eddie, tells him, look, I want, you know, I'm not two weeks away. I'm not two right. years away. So I want to keep my head low. I want to get my pension. I want to retire alive. You know, so let's not fucking do everything our own way. And here he is right off the bat. First scene in the movie. Let's just go. Well, he does what Crow tells him. Yes, exactly. I just want to I just want to say, like, Eddie is such a caught up. He gets caught up in them. He's just too. How can you not? Right. He's too excitable. And so they rush in. They go to the front desk. Apu is at the front desk. Yeah. And he's giving him shit. I don't know what you're saying, sir. And he just. Bronson Crow grabs him by his fucking necktie. You try me, and I wish you were back in Mother India. And he's like, "Sir, room two one one." So they go rush in there, bust right in, just as this girl's about to be sodomized by that Bronchlong. This guy again—it's an office geek. 
He's got. He still has a tie on, so yeah. we did bring extra <laughs> <Multiple> ties. ties. <laughs> he's got the boxers down to his kneecaps. That's how long he's got they the are. socks with the garters on it that we haven't seen in like fucking fifty years. He's like a no. He's the he's the psycho uh, Christian Bale psycho. psycho. He's like his age with that hair and everything. Uh, and yet he had a lot. Of, he had a lot of business cards. Too. Yeah, uh. but yet he's wearing all this goofy. He might as well have had the white shorts with the fucking. You know, hearts on them. Yeah, like they goofed them up. <laughs> he's there holding the branch off. Right. And so he's ready, just as he's about to insert it. Our boys bust in. And the guy's like, How dare you walk in here? I paid for this for him and I'm going to use it. You're not going to do anything. What? And he gives Bronson some shit. And he takes a swing. I love, I mean, like we just said, literally, Bronson was 68. So even he realized, I can't do this shit anymore. So we get some of the words. Like, we just see, like, a close-up of a fist, punch your gut. Yeah. You know, like, very tight. I mean, they, they predicted the future. Very tight fucking shots. Yeah, they were they were high. You see, it's funny. He all- did do a nice high kick, though. Bronson he did. did. I don't he- know how he did. I think he marionetted him or something. Well, you know who was in the pack on, on set? Sweet Stan. Oh, he taught him that? Taught him that. Oh, he actually got above his waistline. <laughs> yeah. That's why I was amazed by it. <laughs> yeah, he's like, how did he do that? So six-year-old man just punishes this 30-year-old, pummeling him. Well, Murray, you got to give him a little bit of credit. The guy had a full-on rager. Raging boner, of course. So that's some of his blood flow wasn't going to the rest his of his chi body. His was all his out of chi, balance. Yeah, for real. That's why they say fighters don't fuck before a fight. Exactly. His legs were fucking weak. They probably were very weak. And he's like, he starts beating up. You like to torture little girls? You're going to sign a confession pinning this on Duke. I can't. They'll blow the whistle on me. I'll blow you, buddy. (laughs) Here's a whistle for you. He does do a weird whistle. He just puts one finger in his mouth. Did you see that? Yes. He's I've always... never, I don't know how people do. I've never been able to do that. Put, like, put two, yeah. He does it with one. He usually he has two one. fingers in your mouth. I could never do that. Right. I'm, I'm impressed by that. I, I don't know what he's been doing to figure that out, but yeah, you're right. So he throws the guy against the bed, the and he, he was like, you like fucking little girls? Well, I'm going to fuck you. Get the girl out of here. So right. Eddie leaves well, him. I don't. Eddie doesn't want to see this. He like he's been, he's been in this situation before. Right. It's like do whatever you gotta do. I didn't see anything. And, and so, then rips out that bronze schlong. Doesn't goes even, in. Doesn't even lube it up or anything. No, that Vaseline is unopened. And then cut. Like he pulls it for Gasso. It's like let your imagination. <laughs> figure out what he's going to do to that guy. Do you need something to drink or something? Dude, I it's tough back here. So, yeah, that guy gets sodomized, we're assuming. <laughs> and Bronson? He had a like little bit kn- of a twinkle in his eye. I'll he, admit that. He knows his way around an 8-inch Bronson. I'm just saying. He's a little too familiar with it. Was this 8 inches? He wasn't using the 10 inches of midnight? Dude, I don't think That's it the was black the- one, by the way, people. <laughs> well, this one was clearly yeah. a, a whiter Ca- hue. Caucasian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, Crow's returning home to his wife, the beautiful Kathleen, played by my favorite Peggy Lipton. I love Peggy. Uh, for all you under 30-year-olds, that's Rashida Jones' mom. For all you over 30-year-olds, that's uh, from Normal. Mod Squad and Twin Peaks. Yeah. 
So, so th- it's a progression. She's only a half of Bronson's age uh, yeah, instead of a quarter of it. She's got the perfect look, too, because you can't tell if she's in her 30s or if she's in her 40s. She's like 43 or something at the time. Okay. And Bronson's like, she's like, hey, I got that pot roast you've been talking about. <laughs> I don't think I have an appetite tonight. And then it goes into a spiel like, I'm becoming like the monsters I'm putting away. I Why can't I just, why don't we just do a dream? Retire. We'll open that tavern down in Carmel. Right. And she's just telling him, you know, it, is it another perp thing? Did did Eddie bring you more of that poo-poo platter he's been telling you about? What? You know what? Don't. And she just kind of brushes. Well, she's his, like, you're doing the right thing. I sodomized the guy today. Honey, he was asking for it. Did he actually tell his wife? I thought no, he was being a no, little more. No, he was just. But he was worried that he's becoming he, like the monsters he yeah, has to deal with. Yeah. He's seeing it every day. Kids are getting fucked every day, and he's seeing this shit. Right. He's so he's still in love with his wife. He can't, you know, he doesn't want to let her know that I really enjoy sodomizing people. See, I'm kind of convinced that he's gay. You got to be gay to sodomize somebody? Wow. I guess, how progressive are you? I guess with the pleasure he takes from it, that's why I mean, I there's that whole jock bully world where they're obsessed with sexual humiliation yeah which usually is masking something yeah so, i don't know i'm i'm not ready right now to call crow out but yeah maybe well maybe we get into it i i think he needs to have an awakening all right well no he needs to wake up the people in japan because we go dun, 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 to japan tokyo to be exact we're at a, we're at a uh Ameri- Killing American style meeting. We have an Englishman teaching Japanese businessmen how to be American. So they're immediately they're in Japan. When in Japan, talk as the Japanese do. He's like, no, 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 my boys, only speak English. <laughs> and so they start speaking English. Their English is very. They do lay into the whole. Cause, you know, I'm sure all these guys are really Asian Americans. So yep. they do every L is an R in this yep. shit. And Even uh, uh, Hiroshi, what's his name? Hiroshi Hada. Yeah, Hiroshi's wife, whose name I always forget too, Kanzuka or something like that. Well, she yeah, she randomly, she didn't have the R at all. And then in one scene, she like put an R in the it's wrong It's like whenever spot. she's talking to a white person, she does. Yeah, yeah. it is almost like she's trying to you know, cater to And I understand wa- why they're doing it because the kind of person who would pay to see Kinjite in 89 is a retard. And can't read, so they don't want to use subtitles. Yes. So, I'm, uh, Griff, I'm using 89 language. Okay. I, I, and by the way, that word gets used later on in this movie. Right. Sorry, people. And so, yeah, they're they're, they're learning. He's like, never bow. And and this is one. This is one true thing. And everyone, all our foreign guys, our Europeans, our Asians, our wherever are listening. It's true about America. When we say "How are you?", we do not give a fuck how you are. No, that is just like saying "Hi." Yeah. So do not tell us. We do not care. We don't want to hear it. So you know our our fucking teacher. How the hell are you, pal? Yeah, yeah that's his offensive American accent. Yes. Hey there. He's like an Englishman playing an American. Howdy, he- partner. How y'all doing? Uh, I tell you, I uh, my wife does not pleasure me. My wife's sexual ways are few and bitter, <laughs> and my bowels shut the fuck up. My bowels are <laughs> ruptured. Fucking shut up! 
What are you doing? No. Do no, that. good boy. No. Never talk about your bowels with an American. Literally, when an American says, how are you? Say, how are you? Back to them. Or good. Or wink at them. Or if they were a cute secretary, maybe honk their tit. Tell them how are you? It's not an invitation to speak. Things below the belt are kinjite in the West. That's a, that, by the way, it's the only time we ever hear the word kinjite throughout this movie. Throughout the movie. Never talk about bowels, kinjite. Below what does wait. it mean? Forbidden subjects. So All right. Meeting's over. Time to party. And these Japanese businessmen know how to party. And who runs a party better than anybody? On her continuous world tour, she's finally found her way to Japan, and she is rocking Tokyo like a hurricane. Fuck, man. These guys are up. I mean, they're all older gentlemen, so it's the first time they've been up in a while. And you can see Hiroshi there. We're, like, seeing everybody part. Hiroshi's even kind of wiggling, but he's sitting down. He can't even get himself up. He can't get that dick up because he's got whiskey dick. Saki dick. Excuse me. Saki dick. We're still in Japan. Yeah. There's no, there's no whiskey in Japan. And here's the thing about Hiroshi, Hiroshi Hado. He thinks he's got game. He does. He has zero game. Yes. And so he's always trying to hit on these. And I, I mean, apparently this is a thing in Japan, these bars where these girls pretend to, like, want to fuck you. Okay. And I forget what they're called. Like, they're not, it's like party girls or some shit like that. Right. And that's their, you know, because that's their whole, I mean. It's a, let's get real. I don't know. I'm not, I don't know about now, but definitely in the '80s, Japanese culture was sexist. It was basically women are there to please us and shut the fuck up. Right. So that was basically their job. You know, these women to like make these guys think they're into them. Right. You know, the, the original OnlyFans. And we're gonna, we're about to see that that doesn't just go with his business entertainment. He also kind of lives that life at home as well. So this is the world Hiroshi lives in. So he's hitting on this woman, and she's like, Hiroshi, you, you're about to fall asleep. You can't even get it up. You got that sake cock. Yeah. No way. And he whispers something softly in her ear, puts his tongue in there a little bit, and then he tugs on his ear. That's a sign, apparently. He's like, I'm going to fuck you. And he gets up to do it and then collapses. And- <laughs> Falls asleep and she just rolls her eyes. Another another night with Hiroshi. So he goes home. He stumbles his way home to the Hada home to his wife and two beautiful daughters. He has got such a fucking crazy large house. He walks through because he big, all he does is work. Right. He's got a big front courtyard and everything. Got the fucking koi pond. Koi pond, Bonzi garden, everything. Bonzi <laughs> garden. Is that like Fonzi garden? Fonzai. Excuse yeah. me. I well I got Fonzie on the brain. Everything I see lately on YouTube is fucking he's Henry got, he's Winkler. Got a book out. Oh, that's it. Okay. So he's 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 going, Hey <laughs> All the truth. Or he goes he goes Hi <laughs> It's when all your bonsai trees are f- 
formed into Fonzie's classic thumbs up. His, tri- you know. Okay. <laughs> so he's getting ready to get re because this is like three in the morning. He stumbles in. Yeah. Takes off his shoes though. He's still a proud Japanese man. You never right. put your shoes on in the house. And his wife turns the corner just to face him in that hallway, and they both look exhausted. She's in her nighttime kimono, though. And so he's got to go put on his kimono. His sleeping kimono. Yeah, his sleeping kimono for a nice screaming match. Do do you think they sleep in, like, the diapers that sumo wrestlers wear? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. She's got to wind it up. And, of course, they're Japanese. That's to be a perfect way of winding it up. Every family, every couple has their way, you know. Yeah, every it's, clan. It, nowadays, it's all from the same YouTube video because, you know, parents didn't teach their kids how to do it anymore. So it's from the same YouTuber, but yeah. So she's reading them the riot act. She's like, I can't take this shit anymore. Meanwhile, their daughters, uh, Setsuko and Fumiko, who uh, are very different, they're listening. Fumiko's the older daughter. She's probably like 12. Yeah. Setsuko's probably eight. I, I agree with this. And Setsuko's like, oh, my God, they're going at it again. And Fumiko's like, look, mom needs to shut the fuck off. She's being a huge fucking see you next Tuesday. They are kids. <laughs> yes. Even in Japan, that's what they say. Yeah, it's crazy. And she's just like, dad works hard, and he plays hard, and he deserves to play hard. Mom is a bitch. Mom just doesn't want him to get drunk at the fucking girls' spaza all night long. It's business. Japanese business, Setsuko. Get it through your head. How are you going to get a husband this way? Business entertainment. You must understand. Don't you realize that's how we have all of our nice things? Our beautiful Fonzie Garden? Do you want to go to to Disney Japan this summer? Well, Dad's got to do what he's got to do to make that happen. Think about all those ski trips we go on, how we love them so much. We wouldn't have these things if it weren't for business entertainment. Legitimate business. So he cut back to the bedroom, and like Hiroshi's like breaking it down for us. Like, look, I have obligations. Okay? Yeah, I want to mention that when they were when uh, uh, the wife Kazuko was screaming at uh, Hiroshi, he's got a cigarette. He's just smoking. He's got his hand like over his crotch. Yeah. So is that covering like covering the wet spot? It's the wet. Oh, okay. Yeah, he did to. still come, even though he had sake dick. Covering what? He wasn't wearing his kimono there, though. Was he still just like leaking <laughs> seminal yeah, fluid? Well, we, well, we we learned he has an inordinate <laughs> amount of seminal fluid in his balls, and, and it just leaks out because he never gets to use it. And once it starts, where it do you think keeps... it goes? You don't reabsorb it. You have to expel it. Right. It just slowly leaks out of his tube. Uh. <laughs> All right, so and he's just like, look, all you gotta do is fucking cook me a fucking sushi dinner a night. I'm out there busting my hump, yeah, fucking learning how to. Fu- I can't talk about my bowels with anybody, right? And she's like, well, before we even talk about that, I'm just asking you, like, look at this. And she sets down a hentai magazine in front, yeah, of for you. Non-weebs. That's just Japanese porno comics. Yeah, a lot of tentacles. A lot of tentacles. And he's like, "What? This is fucking stupid. You're. This is ridiculous. This is what men do. This is what we read at the office. There's one on the toilet in every stall at the office. This is what we do on the bus. You know? He's just like, look, I. It's 
I know what it is. It's you went to that Christian school. Your parents sent you. So you're such a prude. You got those Western ideas. This is we're in Japan. We're in the East. Right. You got to get on board with some of this. Think about how frustrating it is to have a wife as boring as you. A wife whose sexual gifts are few and bitter. Few and bitter. Fuck. And she's like, you are right. I apologize. All right. She says she's back to being a good Japanese housewife. Right. You know, he, he told, tells her your obligations, me, my genitals, our children, my obligations, work, the kids, the fucking country. The mortgage. The mortgage. The ski trips. Look at all these. Look at all these stressors. I got bags under my eyes. Disney Japan. Disney Japan. How much it cost for a fucking ticket to Disney Japan? Jesus Christ, you know how much it costs to get a fucking toy in Disney Japan? I don't want to talk about it. So, all right. I cut back to Crow. Another hard day of sodomizing fucking creeps. So he's fucking wiped out. Walks in on his daughter, Rita, fellow 15 years old, making out with her fucking boyfriend, the jock, Vinny. Oh, he did a... not look like a Vinny at all. <laughs> no, he didn't. He's like blonde hair, blue eye. He should be like a, a Chad. Is what right. He should be. And they're like, stop, of course. Like, oh, my God, dad's home. This is 11 o'clock, by the way. What the fuck is the boyfriend doing at the house at 11 o'clock, 15 years old? Elite. L John L J L Thompson, I think that was his name. J Lee Thompson. J Lee Thompson. There it is. He he's really putting in some good conversation in here because this is interesting. It's a lot. I'm on this point. I'm on Crow's side. This guy, get the fuck out, Vinny. You know it's eleven o'clock. It's a school night. Yeah. And you're feeling up my daughter. No, not acceptable. All right. So, he, but he he lets it pass. He, he you know he's like I guess you. She should be going now, shouldn't you, Vinny? And then he goes into the bedroom where Kathy's waiting. Right. But she, like, jumps on the bed because she had a fucking glass up to the fucking door listening to what was going on because she hasn't had sex for years because her husband's 68 years old. This is, there's no Viagra. And, of course, she's got an open cosmo, uh, cosmopolitan think, magazine. I'm, now I'm going to get into your theory about okay. his sodomizing. Do you think it's the frustration about not getting an erection? Like, he cannot fuck his wife, so he has to fuck criminals. He has to take out, and he has to do it violently to take his aggressions out. I think he, I think you have something there, but I, I think the other thing is, is he likes to do rough shit. He wants to daddy up on somebody, but Peggy is his yeah. rock. Like, he can't do that kind of thing with her. Do you think that's the ultimate tragedy? Because you can tell Kathy's up for it. Yeah, I th I think it is ultimate. You know what? If but he feels like, because he's repressed. Because this, yes. this movie's a lot about sexual repression. Oh, my God, yeah. He feels like if he tells her his, well, he wants to fuck her with a tentacle, she'll leave him. Yeah. And so he just keeps it repressed. Right. And he takes it out on criminals, which he thinks deserve this rough stuff. Yeah. I think, especially now that he has a daughter in the house that's of sexual, you know, she's getting closer to, you yeah. know, being into guys clearly and all that. He started to be grossed out by sex. And so the only way he can enjoy sex is by sodomizing innocent people. Innocent? Not innocent in that way, but <laughs> well, what he's doing does, you know, it's still fucking crime. Well, yeah, I guess. It, it's a crime. So, uh, he's but like... I, do, did we mention that even uh, Hiroshi, when he was telling his wife, because he was like, I would share my sexual thoughts with you, 
but your bitter sexual habit your, won't let me. Your, your bitter sexual gifts. Yeah. So both of them are having an issue so communicating their sexual. So they're identical, yet they think they're totally different. Right. That's that's one of the connections that Jay Lee wanted us to make. See. Art house movie. This is not a dumb action movie. So Crow goes, why did you let this stud into the boom? <laughs> stud? What are you talking Don't about? Don't athletes need to sleep? <laughs> They're just kids. What would you want them to be? Why are we sending them to parochial school? What are the nuns <laughs> teaching her? Don't worry about it. Would you walk in and... His hand was on her knee. Was his fly at half mass? What's your problem? It's okay. So she's that kind of, she's way ahead of her time. Because now it's kind of, people are like this. 89, nobody was like this. So it's like, yeah, just let them fuck in the house. At least I know where they are. You know, I got I got the magnums slide them with. <laughs> Left them out. We put them in the couch cushions just in case they got frisky. Yeah. They would be right there for them. So, yeah, so there's very different teachings. Crow's old school, old-fashioned. Like, she's not going to have sex so she's married. Yeah. And then Kathy's like, let them fuck, like, all they want. So she's 15. Did you did you have a girlfriend at 15? No. Wait, did you have one around that time? A little later. Okay. Yeah. Now, I, I imagine you didn't have, because I had a girlfriend at 15, wow. and it was like, I'm just trying to relate to this movie, my friend. Okay. I'm not trying to brag. <laughs> uh and uh, we were only allowed to be on the living room couch. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. Well, especially because you got to think where Crow's coming from. If she gets knocked up, he's stuck with the kid. <laughs> Vinny's is going to go off and do whatever he wants. Yeah, who knows what Vinny's going to do. Because, you, know? you, know, you know, you know Crow believes life begins at inception. So he's yeah. not going to make her get a, a, an abortion. Yeah. He but he's going to have to raise the goddamn kid. He and he's 68. He loves that old school Bible, that the one that's really high old on Testament. sodomy and eye for an eye type justice. Next day, next month, next year, we don't fucking know. All we know is that we are at the hottest game in town, the L.A. Cobra Arena football. <laughs> that's right. Oh, I, I think at this time the Rams are still in L.A. I don't know why they're going to arena football. Yeah. Which, I, by the way, if you know anything about Detroit sports, it's t- until this year, it can, the bottom can still fall out. Yep. Lions have been historically garbage. But our arena football team, Detroit Drive, kicked ass. Nice. They won a championship around this time. Excellent. Did you go to those games? No, I didn't. I don't care about arena football. <laughs> so but, You really brought the boom and bust to that fucking uh, line. But you know who does? Every, this is the thing that brings Crow and our, our villains, Levon and and Duke together. They both love arena football. And Duke knows the best pussy is at an L.A. Cobra. <laughs> and they're scouting. That's why you got to respect their fucking game because Duke and LaFont are always looking for new talent. Right. So they are got, got binoculars. They're scouting out the talent. Right. And they're like, LaFont's like, what do you think of this one? Hands over the binoculars to Duke. They, oh, God damn. If you're just looking at it from the business aspect, people, that's all we're doing is the yeah. business aspect. Unlike all of our companies. Legitimate Business. business. All of our companies today, they do one good thing, and then they either sell it off to Microsoft or Facebook or something. Right, that's the just, American dream now. It's not to be like an entrepreneur. It's to create a business and sell it to a corporation. Right. And if we were to go ahead and assume that Duke had a legitimate business, this is his attitude. He's like, diversify, keep improving, like keep working. Freshening up your talent pool. Right. 
So they're looking <laughs> around, see a nice trashy blonde. I was like, this. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. that was Levon looking around. Yeah, Levon's got an eye. That's why Duke keeps him around. He's not but, just a chauffeur. Well, notice what Levon's touches though, because that woman clearly above twenty-one years old. Right. Well, he's all about diversification. We know Duke has a particular uh, type. Yes. Which is underage. Of course. So he's like, let me see those binoculars. He sees like, mm, a little too old for me. Girl's 21. Yeah. And then he scoots over and we see Crow, Rita, and her, did her friend have a name? No. Was it given a name? Just black girl. Black girl. Just to show that our hero's not too racist. What's even crazier about this, because I think exactly that, this is trying to really, uh, even the scales for Crow's character, is that... Um, he was sitting in between her da- his daughter and a uh, friend. Yeah. That was bizarre. Who fucking does that? Maybe he's worried they're going to have some sex or something. Maybe, he's, uh... because he is terrified of his daughter being viewed sexually yeah. at all. Right. Terrified of it. So, uh, Levon, he's like, he's like... All right, that young girl, she looks pretty good, but who is that bastard next to him? Crow, the man fucking up my business. <laughs> so they see, they go, hey, let's go fuck with him. Yeah, they see, they see Crow head out because he's got to go get the hot dogs. Yeah. Of course, yeah. you're at an LA Cobra game. Yeah. You know, football hot dogs are mandatory. You got to get a Cobra dog, right? And so while they're away, Rita's friend, friend apparently doesn't have a dad, and she's like, "Your dad is so." Fucking cool. That mustache, that that fucking hairstyle, he's awesome. And she's like, well, yeah, but he gets way too extreme. And then, and then they're like, oh, wait, we need some fucking, we need some uh, RC Cola RC to wash down, to wash down, down those dogs. dogs. Let's go up there. So they go up. Meanwhile, Crow just got his hot dog, getting ready to slather him with mustard. Yeah. So girls are just coming into view, but they stop because... Duke and Levon confront confront uh, Crow. Right. Duke's got another fucking leather jacket just on the shoulders. Just, yep. Hey, Crow, you slide dog. You like young pussy, don't you? I saw you sitting with a poon pie. She's got to be worth 5000 a week, man. Put her ass on the streets. <laughs> and, of course, that offends Crow because that's his daughter. Oh, my God. And so what does he do? He just... Fucking throws those dogs into his face. Maybe simulating another the, the most penis shaped thing he had on any. Oh end my god, Jalen Thompson, that is incredibly foul. Three, <laughs> yes. three dogs down his throat. Oh my <laughs> Too god! Too bad you can't put mayonnaise on a hot dog because he would have done that to simulate the jizz. Right? He's throwing penises basically in the face of Duke. I didn't even think. See, guys, Duke is wearing suede. By the way, you can't get fucking mustard out of suede. Dude, Ros- Rosario is gonna have a fit when he finds out this fit has been ruined and then the what's gonna call it random black girl because she didn't have a fucking name he is extreme she loves it she's I, like i wish my dad was in my life to do shit like that she's gonna go on to be the mistress the girlfriend of some guy in a fight ring she you know we know lionheart right. takes place in la at points yeah. she probably ended up being in that circle right next day there's another call back to a movie i'll get to it in yeah. a little bit here Crow apparently has a works out some kind of deal with a priest that has like a school for wayward girls that he's running. So he, he's it's got like a, yeah, it's like a halfway house. He's got like a, uh, some pastrami. Stopped at the deli. 
and then they they exchange like they like it's like almost like trading cards, but it's abducted, sexually abducted kids. Like they're both <laughs> trying to brag about how hard their job is. Like I have to see the scummiest shit. I have to deal with the worst fucking people, and so you know he softens the the father up, Father Burke, by bringing him this food. Nice hot pastrami. That will that will get your stomach ready for some right. bad shit. So crows like, hey, I got a, I'm looking for a lemuel boy and retarded girl of seventeen. <laughs> I had to write that down because I'm like, he's such a. He weird says eleven year old girl boy, and then a retarded girl of seventeen. <laughs> yeah, it's I, almost is he like emphasizing. Like he's acting retarded by by saying that way because it's weird the way he says that. Yeah, I I had that written down too, but I was like, oh wait, this is not playing into anything. <laughs> he just threw this out there. Like you said, they're like competing who has the who has it the worst, right? And then Burke's like, big deal. I'm dealing with a 14 year old who just gang raped, sodomized, and put on the streets. And now we learn. I had to watch this. Well, I mean, I guess it'd be a third or fourth time now. But when I watched it the second time this afternoon, I realized what was happening here is that he comes to Burke, Crow does, to get information. He yeah. talks to the people well, he brings because in. Because the kids he's looking for might be at the fucking home. Might might be. Uh, and he well, also, I'm sure he brings like runaway kids to this home well, think for about, a safe place for these right, kids. Right. And think about who he's going after. Duke, a man who tries to tune girls to prostitution. So he tells him about this girl who was put on the streets. So he's like, I got to talk to her. You can't talk to her. She's a little too traumatized. She's fresh off the streets. It'll freak her the fuck out if you start talking. I'll give it a few days. And then they look at each other and go, they shrug. Kids. Kids. And then we just cut back to Japan. Hiroshi is getting on a subway. And he's sitting down. He spots a very, she's a really beautiful woman. Yeah. And she's just minding. And apparently this happens a lot on Japanese subways. In fact, there's like a subgenre of Japanese porn that is this scenario. Oh, man. Because it's very, it's packed. I mean, Japan's got millions of people living in it. Yeah. So they're packed in like sardines in the subway. And this fucking perv is just sitting there. He notices that girl. Right. And then he starts slowly inching his way toward her thigh. Yeah, it, 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 this is interesting. Uh, whole structure going on. How did Hiroshi see any of this? I could see, can see her face. How do you know what was going yeah. on? He, he's, he's sitting down. He's got X-ray vision or something. <laughs> well, he does have those glasses. They're pretty thick. Yeah, they're yeah. thick, and it, it does it does look like a broad brim, like he's trying to do a Superman disguise. But they are, like in Japan, it's public transit, yeah. so. Low class, upper class, everybody's on the same subway. Yeah. So we see this woman looks like she's a secretary or something. She looks like she has a decent job. The guy sitting down who starts fondling her, he's wearing like a pinstripe suit, isn't he? He's wearing a suit. I yeah. Don't know if he's so he's got to be. Yeah. He seems so, like he's yeah, doing he's okay. He's working. For she feels the hand on her thigh. And, but she, like, remember, this is Japanese culture. Like, yeah. Women know their place. You just do what men tell you to do. Right. So she doesn't know what to do because she's obviously creeped out by this. Right. But. She's like, well, what can I do? It's all about honor, remember? So, and f- fucking Hiroshi's just rubbing his fucking thighs, like getting off on it. We know how his seminal fluid works, too. Right. It An inordinate does, amount. Yeah. It doesn't release often enough, so it just drips it's out like, all It's day. like Old Faithful. It's just a certain part, time of the day, it just shoots out. <laughs> wait, wait, is it not happening enough so it's built up for yeah. too long? Or yes. Is it, that it old- builds up like the pressure of Old Faithful. Okay. 
And that's why he's always carrying napkins with him. <laughs> but is it every day? So or? this is where the movie goes wrong, in my opinion. I yes. don't know. Me and Griffin may have saw it differently. This, this scene is a Rorschach test for the audience. Yeah. Because then the girl looks like she's into it. Like she's like moaning. Like, yeah. Well, and, I, and I'm like, what? What? I'm like, uh, Jay Lee, what message are you sending? Because now it's like she does want it. Yeah. It's a scene that lasts too long. And for and it does like interrupt itself by cutting back to Hiroshi. Perfect place to end it because the first like five six seconds, you see her eyes light up like holy fuck, this is bad, and she looks you know in dread, and it fits. But then it cuts back to Hiroshi, like you said, just fucking tug it away, and he he's like got the biggest grin. He's looking around like anybody else sees. He's got this? his hente man covering his crotch. Right. Well, that's fine, of course. Yeah. Like he actually has a novel hidden under the hentai book because it's more taboo to read a novel on the bus as opposed to a man in a business. You're reading. <laughs> Where's your hentai? <laughs> fucking nerd. Uh but yeah, then they cut back to her, and this is where it was like, I don't know if this actress didn't know what to do anymore, <laughs> because her face is just lingering now. Yeah, like she's like having an orgasm. And then the guy, I love it, like the the, the, the Japanese businessman like pulls off his rubber glove he had on, throws it in the corner, and just walks off. Like nothing happened. Like this is my day. I do this every day. Yeah. Like, you, like, he didn't even get off on it. He was just like, this is what I do. Right. And you can see that. Her and then we cut back to her again. And then she looks like, like disgusted with herself. Yeah. You know? And they're like, okay. Well, you know. everybody's leaving the bus and she's just standing there like on an empty bus. Like, just uh, doesn't know what to do. Yeah. So Hiroshi the smirks and walks off. He's walking off. He's got the whole story in his head. It's like, you know, the ladies who say, I want some of that consensual rape in my life. I want someone to break in and yeah. have their way with me. I'll give them the form. And then every time it happens, they're like, actually, that was awful. That was terrifying experience. So Hiroshi goes back to the karaoke bar with his buddy. And he's telling like, you ain't going to believe what I saw on the subway today, bro. This chick was getting tentacled, and she was loving every minute of it. She had an orgasm. That's the first time I've ever seen a woman have one of those. And and like his friends, like, are you sure about that? I think you're, uh, you know, projecting a little bit. Like, maybe are are you into that kind of thing? Are you gonna be reaching up skirt? Well, she didn't fight back. My and son. then and he breaks down the, the forbidden subject. Right. My boy. My dear boy. He's like, look, she's not some fucking random bar girl like you're used to hanging out with. She's a normal, everyday woman. She doesn't know what to do. She's so ashamed about what happened that she doesn't know. She's like, what she, do I do? She, she shuts down instead of reacting. But hey, that's the Japanese way. And then they just cling their sake bottles together and have a good I got great news for you. You're going to be watching all of your L.A. Dodgers games. L.A. The- Cobra games. <laughs> Arena football is huge in Japan. <laughs> of course it is. Yeah. You're going to be watching all your L.A. Cobra games in the third row. What? I got the transfer? You got it. Yeah. Hiya. Anyways, we're Cut cutting. back Duke. At the mall. Remember people shopped at malls? Yeah. Well, Duke has got a new wardrobe. He got that suede cleaned. And he's just ready to, for a night on the town. So he goes, gets in his car, and we see Crow, a little mustache in the foreground. Yeah. He's tailing him. 
And he's and then uh, this is the f- first time, rare time. Levon's not driving the fucking yeah, car. Yeah, throws out on his own. You know, when he's that's gotta... probably why Duke was so distracted because he has to deal with the keys and everything. That had to be it. <laughs> so he gets in his car, turns around, and fucking crows in the car with him with his gun. Right, and he tells him, "Don't do anything funny, or I'll blow both your kneecaps off." So he drives him off to like a fucking. Abandoned warehouse place. Probably no, where that's the field. It's a field. It, yeah, no, it's Make Out Hill. He probably yeah. thought he would find teenagers here making out too. So this scene has so much power. We felt like I, I this is the first a G and G first with back to back dramatic reenactments. You know, exhausting this. You, know, I have been living the life of Lieutenant Crow for the past week. I yes, Griff. I did sodomize a couple people with some bronchialongs. <laughs> okay. I I didn't enjoy it. I did not even get an erection, let alone ejaculate. Yeah, but I had to get into character, you had to get and into I character. know you were you were born to play the role of Duke. Of course, I tied back a little tiny. You can see it there, my little tiny scorpion. Yeah, ew, it's disgusting. I know, it's dripping. I know. I that's lard. I used <laughs> lard. I didn't have enough conditioner, so I, I wondered why you were wearing leather on leather on leather. Well, <laughs> I can't help myself. Once you go to Rosario's, you're gonna come out a new person. So. Uh, our description can't do this scene justice. We're going to have to en- reenact it. You know, some people, they say once you start acting once, you get the bug. Yeah, we got, I believe we might, it. We might do a third reenactment next week. I we'll believe see. it. I believe it. So we're going to do the scene. This is a scene. Duke, played by Griff. Crow, Who played will do by no me, accents. Played by me, in a car, confronting them so- each other. <clears throat> what the hell have you brought me here for? You find out. Look. I think you're a little bit unstable. You got a wife, couple of kids, right? What do you make? About 35 grand? This here? It's a president with a diamond face. 25 big ones at Tiffany's. And it's yours? Never see each other again. I'd like to shove this up your ass. But I don't want to dirty my hands. You're going to eat it. You're going to eat it or I'll blow your head off. Open your mouth. Oh my God. I'm going ah, to die. No, you're not. But you're going to have to stick your head between your legs to tell time. And scene. Oh, my God. Murray, I didn't swallow a president but that watch. I got a child's watch. That go- was impressive that he could swallow it. Because that was a big-ass watch. It was a president, by the way, <laughs> with a diamond face. <coughs> Those diamonds He's hurt. Still, Griff actually <laughs> swallowed a watch to really get into character. That's why you've been gagging so much. Well, I practiced earlier. I swallowed a watch earlier to get ready for the big watch. You know, it's like, you know, you start with a finger, then you work up to two fingers. You start with a small watch. Well, this is a movie about sodomy. Oh, I thought you, yeah, I thought you were talking about the guy on the, the bus or the <laughs> subway again. So uh, Crow gets out of the car. And you think that's done. No, he grabs some random trash out in the, in the ground, throws it in the back of Duke's car, and just lights it on fire. And then Duke, like, leaps out, dives away just in time. Because, of course, a few, like, newspapers on fire in your backseat are going to make your car explode. Yeah. And it blows up, and then Duke's like, you're fucking crazy, man! Why are you doing this to me? We could just go the other way. We can look the Why are you doing this to me? You're like a rabid dog, man! And then he goes, uh, 
powerful and something or other. Well, yeah, he tells them, you know, I just don't approve your business ethics. You're making your money on the backs of children, and I don't approve of that. And he walks away with a big old smirk on his face. Cut to family as they watch Rita uh, break her personal best at the swim meet. Yeah, they're at the swim meet. This is where we see Bronson's one-finger whistle. (laughs) Impressive as fuck. It's incredible. He turned his finger into a whistle. It's incredible. It's weird. Yeah, and he's he's showing off. Yeah. And then she gets and guess what, man? She broke like you said, her personal best. That's right. So she's excited. And the guy, the guy who takes the photo for the yearbook is like, hey, let's get some pictures for the yearbook. Okay. And she does just very mild little poses. This is eighty nine. Madonna's Vogue come out. So she's striking a pose. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She's voguing. She's voguing. And what is she doing? And like his, Kathy's like, what are you? She's taking pictures, but the, yeah, coach should cover her up. She she gets cold. Like even he knows he's being overboard. So he's got to lie and say like you know, she'll keep she'll get yeah. cold. It's incredible, like watching uh, Peggy Lipton act through this because she's doing such a good job being like, I older, I married an older man. He just doesn't understand how kids will be. I get it. So her face goes through all the motions, but then she's always supportive. Even in that opening scene when she was like, something's wrong with him. She just kind of furled his hair and kissed his brow. And Bronson was whole again. Right. It, Peggy's got that way. Well, she's barely in this movie. She is I think barely she, in it. She's not seen for another, like another fucking Yeah, no, minutes. she's gone for like the next 30 minutes. All right, back to the Hada family. They're just flying into L.A. They got their fucking, uh, and it's like L.A., but they're wearing San Francisco Giants and fucking New York Giant gear. It's like, did you get the memo? You're in fucking L.A. Uh, did you get the memo? L.A. Cobra territory. Right. What is this shit? So they're, they're, they settled in. This could be three weeks later. I have no fucking idea of the time of this movie. Right, but they, they're in their house, and they're getting ready. It's morning for the first week that everybody's going to work, going to school, and the girls are bickering a little bit. Because they're not going to regular public school. They're going to Japanese, legitimate Japanese right. school, where they learn uh, calligraphy, flower arrangement, origami, everything a good Abacus. Japanese girl should learn. Not math. Not science. So, of course, the younger one, I forget her name. Uh, I don't know, Setsuko or something like that. Yeah, because I didn't write it down. But she's she's never seen for the rest of the movie. Yeah, she's barely in it anymore. So, younger feminist daughter, she's like, I want to learn the American way. I want to learn how to count, Dad. Yeah, I don't want to do this abacus shit anymore. I I don't want to learn how to fucking uh, do water paints and shit. And Fumiko, because this is how Hiroshi has... Groomed her. Has groomed her. Yeah, uh-huh. you could say that. It conditioned her brain. So she She's has a to... traditional Japanese girl. This is interesting. I didn't even realize this until we're talking about it now. Is She sits her young sister down, and then Fumoko sits down, and man spreads over her. Uh, that was interesting. It's a power move that Hiroshi taught her. And starts telling her, look, we learned the abacus because it's even faster than a computer. You should understand this, sister. And we gotta learn about the, you know, the water. We gotta learn about our, our culture because it's a tradition. What do you get to write your New Year's resolution with? A computer. And that's enough. So they go off to school, and uh, uh, Hiroshi's like, "Don't wait up. 
I got business tonight. I'll be out till all night long. And we just get a lingering shot of his wife sitting there just like, fuck. You know, it, it's starting back up again. All right. Say what you will about Duke and Levon turning out children. At least they're, they're not resting on their laurels. They're always scouting for new talent, always on the prowl. So Levon <laughs> is driving like their Cadillac. Duke, leather on leather on leather, like stacked on his shoulders. The only thing that Duke was missing, oh, shit. Oh, I'm, I'm going to forget his name. It's in one of our black exploitation movies. Uh, but he always had that good hat. He always had a good hat on. I don't know. That's what he was missing. Uh, Return of the... No. No. I don't know. Uh, so Goldie. Goldie? Oh, the Mac. The Mac. Oh, it was Mac. I was going to say Return of the Mac. Yeah. yeah. No. Mac. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they could learn something from Goldie. Yeah, they could. And so they're just like slowly driving down the street, and they see this young couple, obviously from Canada, because they're wearing denim on denim on denim. That's right. They had a fucking denim backpack. Yes, they did. Acid wash. It was incredible. And, and they're looking scared. They're, right. It's fucking Axel Rose just came out and said, "Welcome to the jungle, baby. You're gonna die." Right. And they're just like you can see it. Levon, they, they 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 can read fucking eyes. Right. Well, they read something else actually because they're approaching from behind, and we do get a close up of their butts. And I got to give credit to the guy. He had a better butt here. He's well, filling out those jeans. Where's well, the girl? you and Levon Typical. noticed that because. Duke I want to is... also point out, people, do your research on our Death Wish Month because we talked about the streets of L.A., you remember? Yeah. And how it's church, porn store. Storefront church, yeah. Porn store, church, maybe adult a diner. Adult movie theater. Yeah, adult movie theater. Yeah. So we see this street several times throughout this movie. Yeah. But that's the strip we're walking Sunset down. Sunset strip, probably. They reuse it again in this movie. But yes, we have zoomed in on their butts, and Levon is like... Dude, Duke is like... Yeah. What do we? How we? What are we gonna do with that kid, the boy? How we can get rid of him? And like, uh, fucking Levon's like, what? How dare you? We can turn out boys too. We so sexist. There is a market. There is a huge market. You see his ass. You see that ass. You see that flippy hair. Men go crazy for that kind of shit. There's a couple ladies out there who like you know the young crowds. And Duke is like. You're right. We can't turn out young boys. Fucking too. take me down the corner. I'm going to make my move. If you follow my lead. And he's like, fuck yeah, boss. Let's he scoots up a little bit. And he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. And I'm thinking they're just looking. They're seeing that hot pastrami. Because, again, if you want an iron stomach for the evening. They're you... passing by a Greek diner. We yeah. see a girl going, I'm a Zanonaki. <laughs> and we also see who loves a good hot pastrami. What is what is he doing? Like when is this? Looks like it's like, it seems like it's late at night, and he's just like hanging out at a diner eating right. pastrami. Again, is this another like, stakeout? Is this another parallel to uh, Hiroshi? Is that he's an absent father? Yes, you're right. These guys are they're they're so contentious because they're so alike. Yeah, he might you know he's not out doing business entertainment, but he is pretty entertained by that sandwich. It looked like Al Bundy playing the harmonica onto a hoagie. So we you know Duke. He's like, you know how much it cost me to get that mustard out of that suede? I'm gonna kill this motherfucker. It's the '80s. What gun do you use? Mm -hmm. Uzi nine millimeter. Did you recognize? Did you laser disc this? I did not laser disc it. I didn't have time. Murray, 
the laser disc, of course, pulls out. You know, all the... when I put on a laser disc, you don't see me for five hours. Like, I get lost in it's the true. details. Well, there's so many details that they pull yeah. aside, and then you can go into right. every right. single iterance of that. You just say enhance, and it just does yeah. whatever you want. And so I did the enhance on this Uzi because I was like, this Uzi looks familiar. It is, in fact, the Uzi used in Angel Town. Oh, my God. How did they get their hands on that Uzi? Well, it was L.A., uh, I guess. Maybe they were passing by. Is yeah. there a week to use it? Yeah. Is there a week to use it? That's and right. And they use it. They, that's probably why he wanted to keep like, I got to use this shit. Yeah. I only have it for two more days. <laughs> right. So he unloads. Thankfully, a waiter just happened to be walking in front of Crow. So he takes all the bullets that were meant for Crow. <laughs> and then they fucking take off. All right. Next morning, Crow and his partner, they're in the office. Remember, this is classic fucking cop movie. Got to have a captain chewing out our heroes. That's right. And there, he's just like, what the fuck? What did that fucking waiter do to deserve that? It's not the waiter. It's me. I've been making a... He's like, even thieves love reels. Yeah, no. He tries to put the... Captain tries to put the blame on both of them. What are you guys doing where you're getting bullets shot at you? It's not we, sir. It's me. me. All about me. Even thieves love reels. Uh, I guess I, I did make a guy swallow a watch. Maybe you get pissed off about that. I can tell you the guy who shot us. His name's Duke. He's running little girls, babies, and getting fed off it. Yeah, he tells them May, May 23rd, the watch thing, and Captain starts losing his mind. What the fuck are you doing? Well, that isn't all I did. I also set his car on fire, and he loses his mind again. He's like, that piece of shit has rights, constitutional rights. Do you, I want you to go apologize to that Duke character. Are, do you think you're the flaming sword of justice? He's like, do you see these hands? Do you see them? They're tied. Leave Duke alone. He's a legitimate businessman. All right, we're back to Hiroshi. He's at the fucking L.A. karaoke bar. And they're enjoying drinks. He's got himself a little gaijin girl, a little blonde chippy. He's got his arm around her trying to impress her. Right. He Well, I mean, he is a taller man, so he is able to get his arm over and down. He's got it over the blouse. He's getting a little hunk, over the hand. Hunk. And she's like, get the fuck off me. And then his partner's like, you can't do that shit here. All right? There's different... It's Kinjite here. Right. Uh, why, wait, what, why can't I do this here? You cannot grab whore's breasts in America. Yeah, you can't? Why not? City regulation. And then he whips out a fucking Republican talking point. Too much regulation going on in America. They're not, this is killing jobs. Yeah. We got to free the economy. Let the whores go free. Let the tits free. That's an interesting... That's a, it's going both ways there. The very anti-conservative and very conservative at the same time. Okay, so I guess because we just said, like, Japanese people have public transport, he's comfortable getting on an L.A. fucking bus. He doesn't have a car. I know. I found this very interesting. He's got the Fonzie garden back at home. He's got the fucking full-on, like, kimono set. He's got swords out the ass. He's got a, everything going on at home. Ski trips. Disneyland Japan. And yet, uh, he's taking the bus in L.A. Uh, they didn't get him a company car. They don't have a uh, limo for him. Yeah, we learned from the Death Wish movies, they're prowling with creeps. 
just waiting to fucking kill you and take the flint out of your pockets. Right. But you can see and he's that. drunk as fuck on top of it. Right. His little triangle's dinging. Yeah. And so guess who else is on the bus, Griff? Rita and Black Friend. Oh, okay. Still doesn't give it a name. They could have just had her throw out a name. Right. Claire. That doesn't sound like a black girl name. Okay. And so uh, the bus is getting a little crowded. And uh, Hiroshi is like a little tipsy. He's like nodding off. He bumps his head into her side. He's sitting down on a seat. He's, again, he's a man. He's the uh, patriarch of the family. So he's taking up two seats. He's manspreading. Doesn't allow Is that where it started in Japan? I guess so. But that's exactly what was going on. You go watch this scene again. I laserdisced it. And uh, so he's sitting on the outside so no one can get to the other seat. He's probably farting like crazy, too. Just try, just like really leaving his stench it's behind. Rice farts, the worst. Yeah. <laughs> so. Go ahead. Okay. So he is sitting there, whereas Rita and friend got on later. So they're standing room only. You know, they're using the handrails. And more people scoot Do on. Do you think the buses at like. What time is what this? What time is this? Why are they out? Because you think if he's out partying, it's like 3 in the morning. Why are two 15-year-old girls? Exactly. And why is the bus packed at like 3 in the morning? But what are we going back to? Maybe he's got jet lag, so he started drinking at 3 in the afternoon, and it's just like 7 o'clock. <laughs> you might be right there. You know? The time difference. Yeah. You know? But this is the other interesting thing. We talked about uh, Crow also being an absent father, working all night and everything. And uh, Kathy, who's a really lax mom. And she was out with her best friend. She's like, go do drugs. Didn't they go? Didn't they say they were at one of their school parties? They're wearing their school uniforms, though. I have no idea. They they love talking about parties. They're wearing their school uniforms, though. And that... Nothing turns on a Japanese businessman more than a girl in a school uniform. That's right. So he bumps in. He's like nodding off. His head bumps into her. She brushes it off, but she notices him. Yeah. I think she notices his lapel. Like he has a little button on his lapel. Yeah. They they share a look. It's not a it's not an angry look or anything. It's just kind of an oblivious it's an look. Awkward look. Yeah. And then the girls bust in their little party sing along. You ready, Murray? You better believe it. One, two, three. P is for party, A is for all right, R is for rowdy, T is for tonight, Y is for you, and you know what to do. I said party, don't let your mama know, party, or she won't let you go, party. Oh my God, I didn't think we were going to get that one in there. And that just totally fucking turned Hiroshi on hearing that sexy party song. I, again, he immediately has a flashback that scene. like, dare I do it? Dare I do yeah, it? Yeah, while they're doing the party song, he's looking up and he's woozy. He's got blurry vision. He's going back to the subway, seeing the girl get fingered, the pain on her face, and then he's like, fuck, yeah, it's my time to shine. But He learned he, nothing from his American class. He should have had the flashback to... This is totally Kinjite. Anything below the waist is Kinjite. This is a forbidden subject. And so he just goes slowly up and then... That's right. He he just 
goes all and grabs her by the pussy. This is why I think Donald Trump is a fan of this movie. He got the idea for grabbing women by the pussy yeah. from Kinjita. He saw it. He saw the suit. He saw the slicked back hair. He said, one day I'll have two kids with slicked back hair, and I'll, tell them, I'll teach them all about grabbing pussy on the bus. And unlike in Japan, where women know their place, Rita screams. And he goes, oh, shit. He runs off the bus. As fast as he can. And then Rita runs off the bus right to grab him, beat his ass. Right. Everybody, there's a whole ruckus going on because these girls are screaming. People are pushing their way off the bus. What's wrong? What's wrong? What's happened? Someone, Oriental guy touched my holiest of holies. And what does friends say? Holy shit. <laughs> I just love that. I love that she said holy shit. And That's when funny. we see a foreigner grab a white girl, what do we do? We foreigner. kill. Yeah, a couple white guys go, you said Orientals? Grabs two Asian guys. Wasn't one of these guys? And then a fight just starts breaking out. And but Roshi we, just walks away. He's like looking back. But I don't remember. I don't remember him smirking. I don't remember him feeling too pleased with himself. I don't even understand this next scene. Well, why? Well, was he happy or was he anything about? He was just glad he got away. Yeah, Yeah. that's all I saw. He wasn't happy the guys were getting beat up. He wasn't happy about the guys getting beat up. He didn't look too thrilled. He didn't learn his lesson. Oh, okay. Because he's like, I got got away with that one. Okay, okay. So as he's walking away, did he get away? Because this is L.A., remember? We've seen the Death Wish movies crawling with perps. Is J.L. Thompson a big karma man? I don't think he even knows what that means. <laughs> okay. So, was this Elgato? I was getting Elgato vibes of this mugger. I mean, he wasn't dressed like Elgato, <laughs> no. but it looked like the actor. This could have been like early or late stage yeah. Elgato. Yeah, after he lost everything. Post Tiger attack. He survived the Panther attack. A Panther, excuse me. And so, yeah, bum, not a, uh, a mugger, <laughs> grabs Hiroshi, puts like a knife to his throat or something. Telling him to give up the money and all that, of course. he's Hiroshi does try to deliver an elbow to the bum's gut. But... Yeah, because he's Japanese. Of course he knows martial arts. Right. But he gets knocked out. He's drunk. Yeah. So he gets nine punches to the back, you know, to the kidneys, falls down, gets messed up. I don't even think he got robbed. I think the guy no, just ran off. Just, yeah, the guy just runs off because cops showed up for that fight that's happening at the bus. Right. Oh, that's right. So the, the bum has to run away. So Rita's got to go. Her father's a cop. Of course, she's got to go do the right thing and go file a police report. Right. And a woman's talking to him. She's like, did he look? You said he was Asian. You said he's Oriental. Yeah. Did he look Japanese, Chinese? I don't fucking know. Don't they all look the same to me? And, and then that, yeah. Asian cop pops up. Well, did Asian somebody cop- said they all look the same to me. This scene is incredible because, again, it's not a dumb action movie. This is a fucking art movie. So this camera slowly pulls out, and you're thinking these girls got to at least talk to another woman. They're reporting a sexual assault. Like, you know, we tell women this is what you should do. You tell girls this is what you should right. do. You tell everybody this is what you should do. Unless you're Japanese. So you think they're in this good situation. Everything's working out. And then she mentions, oh, an Asian man. Japanese, Korean. And it, what what... And the camera pans out, and there is just an Asian man sitting in the background looking upset. And Rita... No, I don't think that at all. I think... I mean, he is upset internally, but I think he's like... he's it's more like roll your eyes, like, y- this again. Yes, yes. Okay, that is the face. And then he's like, yeah. Well, Rita goes, 
well, he looks like, and then the guy pops and goes, looks like me? Yes. Rita seemed to have sass. Oh, she was totally racist in this fucking scene. And where do you... Where did she pick it up Do from? you think she got the racism that second, or do you think was, no, she learned no, it at home? Of course she learned it at home. I was surprised they didn't do a, like a little throwaway line where... Crow mentioned he was in Korea or some kind of war with Asians. Yeah. And that kind of spurred his racism on. For real, based on all J. Lee Thompson's movies, you think that would be the perfect excuse for his main character to be a little racist. But, like, Asian cop, because I don't think he's given a name, swallows his pride. Is like, yeah, we all look the same. But how was he dressed? Was he wearing a track suit? Was he wearing a fucking three-piece suit? Yeah, well, sweats. Maybe he just came from the strip club, the you know, have, kitty bar. Is he anything he was wearing that would stand out? So she mentions he did wear a suit, kind of like a banker, and he had glasses and a shiny button on his lapel. And he's like, ah, that's a Japanese businessman thing. They love, to, they love branding. And this is what got really interesting because the female cop goes, so we're looking for a Japanese businessman. How hard could that be? There can't be that many in the town. 25,000 according to L.A. L.A. Times. And uh, that's true. That's, that's exactly accurate, Griff. I know. You know I know all the populations, of, especially L.A. Yeah. 25K. I, I knew you knew the populations. I didn't know you I can knew break that. it down by race, yeah. Yeah. I meant occupation. That too. <laughs> well, businessman is kind of vague. You can, as long as you're just doing, you can be working a hot dog stand. Technically, you're a businessman. Sure. Doing, you're working a but business. But you have to be wearing a suit to be a businessman, according to this uh, stipulation. All right. So Hiroshi returns home, licking his wounds. Kazuko is taking care of him like a good Japanese wife should. Uh, I'm bringing back our old theories of this movie, our old themes of this movie, sexual frustration. They're in their leisure kimonos, just she, hanging out the house. It's, they, it's like there's like the kimono version of sweats, sweatpants. Yeah, they're wearing. Yeah, he's on. He's laying on the bed. She's tending to his wounds. That's right. He's actually home at a normal hour for once. We got to think about yeah, this. He's not out doing business entertainment because yeah. he's on. He's literally on the bed. So she straddles him, She's, and yeah. we have. Can we give negative numbers on the Swedes and scale? We can, we can. Can we get Madeline roll the Swedes and scale out? What? There's too much happening. Put it away. Put it away. There's no okay. need. There's no okay. need. Griff's not feeling up to it this week. Well, we, when we got Sue and we got Gongs and we got okay. triangles, there's no time for. Well, we're Besides, not even. It's this, not even going to work exactly because. Go watch this movie, people. They're supposed to be fucking. She's neither one of them are moving at all. Right. They're not even mimicking going up and down. Right. She's just sitting on his dick. We're assuming they're holding hands, like claws in each other's hands. And it's it's eight oh five. Old faithful. Yeah. He's ready to blow. That's why she knew. She's like, at least seem like we had sex because he's going to ejaculate eight oh five no matter what. <laughs> she's trying to get another kid out of him. So he goes. Bunzai! And then blows. So an inordinate amount of seminal fluid. Of course. <laughs> You're telling me it's every day, but every day it's also an inordinate amount of seminal fluid. Yes. That's incredible. Yeah. So this man is very built up like fucking old faithful. Okay. 
Uh, but the interesting part about this is his wife has been so bitter about sexual things for so long. Her sex gifts are bitter. But an obvious, I saw a little bit of passion out of her. I, I saw, didn't at all. I saw no passion in this scene she, at all. She, she was doing her wifely duties dude, that she was doing. Okay. She clearly is turned on by the fact that her husband got beat up. Well, that that got her yeah, going. Yeah, because she wants to beat her husband off. Exactly. So she's finally turned on. You notice when that scene first starts up, she's kissing all over his neck. She's tweaking his nipple. He's the one with all of his sexual fantasies who just lays there and goes, Wow, you're usually so bitter. Your sexual gifts are very sweet tonight. Yeah. Your sexual gifts are so sweet tonight. Maybe he's into the hentai and all that. He's into the high fantasy because he's lame. I don't know. But all I know is... We talked about... All I know is at the moment of ejaculation, this sound happened. (laughs) That doesn't sound like enjoyable sex to me, Griff. I'm just saying there's another parallel between our two main characters, Hiroshi and Crow. Sexual inadequacy. Speaking of Crow, he is out with Rios. They're they're, they're much like uh, they're like the opposite end of Levon and Duke. They're in their car searching for Japanese people because he's like, "Can you believe this? This guy touched my daughter's holiest of holies." And then Rios is like, "You are so old-fashioned. Get with the times. This happens." Girls get their pussy grabbed. Someday. Did you listen to what our president said? Our president grabs pussy, for Christ's sake. Come the fuck on. You know that this is just what you do. You get a hoagie, you get on the bus, you grab a pussy, you get off, you feed your family, you kiss your wife. Come on, get over it. We got work to do. But this is my daughter. She's just another woman getting her pussy grabbed. Get over it. Walk it off, Rita. Anyways, they're going. Walk it off, Rita. Oh, yeah. Rita's got to walk it off. They're going down the street, and it just, you know, he's still fuming. Crow is. So, Eddie, they pull up, and there's like a theater. You know, people are parking on the street to get admitted into this theater, and it's some kind of Japanese show. It was the new Sonny Chiba movie. The new Sonny Chiba movie. Street Fighter 12. Street Fighter 12. And they're excited. Right. So they're parking everybody. They're Double calling. parking. And yep. he's like, who do these people think they are? And he gets out. He's, you think you own everything. All right. I'm going to give everybody a little context with this scene. Because it is pertinent to what was going on in 1989. Right. You're rolling in the Eddie conversation of this as well. Yes. Okay. Okay. This was, especially at this time, because at like mid-late 80s, the Japanese economy was booming. And so we were all scared. Especially here in Detroit, because, you know, Auto. car industry. Yeah. And, I mean, this was legit. So this is a legit scene, like the anxiety he was feeling. Right. Because we were all worried, like, they're going to take over. And, and, like, and shocking, like, for years, the car industry, we've just been churning out shit, and now we get some competition. So now instead of going, hey, why don't we just improve our cars? No, fuck those guys for making more fuel-efficient cars. Fuck them. Exactly. And that was the real fear, especially here in Detroit. That was the anxiety towards Japanese. I mean, nobody, no Japanese people are being attacked or anything like that. But that, there was this kind of rage against Japanese people. And I think their economy 
fucking crashed the same time ours did at that time. So they yeah. were like, hey, we like Japanese people again. But yeah, there was death. So he's basically speaking what a lot of people were feeling at that time. Yeah. And he's like, you're buying everything up. You're turning everything into a pagoda. What the fuck? Yeah, you're buying our theaters. You're buying our houses. You're buying our uh, our businesses, our real estate. You're buying All our legitimate businesses are being bought by the Japanese. You're a double park. You think you can park there? And they're like, what's this guy Jin talking about? Right. And so Eddie has to come out, apologizes. Just a little, you know what? He didn't get his pastrami today. And all the Japanese folk bow to him, say, oh, yeah, pastrami, pastrami. And Eddie takes him away. And then we cut into the next day. And Crow is still trying to, he's trying to confide he's, in the closest people. Well, he's old school. So, of course, you know he's not going to go to Dr. Willow, a psychiatrist. Of he's course. got to go to his priest, his local right. parisher. And Burke is listening to him. He's like, I don't know what's going on with me. I just got this rage. Yeah. And he's just like. My daughter, she's getting molested on the bus. And Father Burke playing the role of every every shitty man in this movie, apparently. Eh, your daughter got pawed on the bus. It's no big deal. Let's put some dirt on it and walk it off. Right. And then, did you catch he like implied, like, he didn't say it in so many words, but like, do you want to fuck your daughter? He like implied that. Yes. He was trying, like, he went on a long way about, and then he comes back to, this better be a father's anger I'm witnessing. I was like, what the fuck is happening here? This language they're using is very strange. Yeah, let's, let's point out for a second here. Please You, you heard out. the gong. That's not a butt tap gong. That's three fingers deep in the pussy gong. Jesus. And everyone's like, Burke, so what? So what? Somebody jammed his fingers up your 15-year-old daughter's pussy. Big deal. Right. Two Grandpa. people. Grandpa. Two people he confides in now. He he is a mess, and he's not trying to bottle up. He's trying to tell people, I'm really fucked up by this. And they're both like, are you fucking kidding me? Tell that bitch to walk it off. Put some dirt on yeah. it. Come you on. You walk it off. What's this, your deal, crow? Right. This is one to grow on. Stop crowing to me. Go this ain't the 1950s anymore. People can fucking grab gross by the pussy. That's right. The president Our said so. Presidents. Salute him. All right. So now the hotter girls are back at school, and they get recess. They get to go to the park. That's right. Fumiko, you can. T this is like, she's the perfect bait for a predator because she's a loner. Right. She's an outsider, and she does what she's told. Right. Any kind of male business person. Any, any kind of authority figure. Authority figure. Someone who could speaks with authority. Somebody who dresses well. And this is why this would never happen to Setsuko. Because she is like, I do what I want. Right. right? I'm living American style. That's right. That bitch, I mean, she's already she's wearing. She's going to get, Fumiko's going to get molested Japanese style. <laughs> you, like, you see uh, little sister Already has the red fucking Chuck, uh, what is it? Chuck Taylor's on. Oh. She's fucking talking about, I don't know, what was the L.A. punk scene at that time? Pretty much dead. Pretty much dead. Yeah. What was our, what was our L.A. punk band from uh, Quincy? Uh, bam. She was into mayhem. She's got it fucking written on the back of her school sweater. So Fumiko notices a flower. It's very symbolic. The innocence of a flower. Right. Snelling it. White drops, flower. Drops it and wanders off. 
and Duke rolls up, Levon driving. Oh, well, she drops it after she wanders up. But she's in there. She's huffing on it. I was like, wait, did he drug the flower? Of course she didn't drug the flower. Doesn't need to. Little girl, why don't you come show me the way to your school? I have a meeting with your headmistress. Okay. She just gets in the fucking... The first thing you teach your kid. Even I know that. Right. Don't take candy from a stranger and don't take a ride from a stranger. Right, guys. This is where things are going to start getting a little hairy for a while, so just stick with us. We don't approve child trafficking. We're not into that at all. If we if we snicker at all, it's because this movie exists. It's an art movie so for conversation. Duke and LaVon bring Famiko back to their apartment, and she's like, why? I thought you were taking me to school. Yeah, I uh, I forgot my papers. She's like, okay. Isn't it a nice house? You're an adult. I do what you say. So we're walking through this house, and we see that he's got a fleet of young women young rolling hose, joints for him. Rolling joints, snorting coke. Right. We got a guy. Two assistants. We got a guy making sandwiches. He always yep. got to have sandwiches. Levon. Well, there's, there's, here's the thing. The guy, the black guy, that's not Levon. <laughs> yeah. He, his position, he's called what's known as a zookeeper because- yeah, right. <laughs> we know Levon and Duke are always scouting. Yeah, you're right. He you're right. takes care. Like he's a zookeeper. He takes care of the, the women the, at home. Yeah, yeah. stable. He's keeping them. Uh, he's keeping them uh, on the drugs and everything. Yeah. He's regulating. Yeah, no, I, right. I, I get that. Uppers, downers. He's regulating all that. Right, shit. exactly. He probably can resuscitate. He knows how to work. Uh, whatever that fucking resuscitation pen they have. Yeah, EpiPen or Epi- no, no adrenaline uh, thing. Yeah, I can't remember what we're, it's called. If we're talking about Pulp Fiction, adrenaline. But yeah, so uh, uh, Duke just takes uh, Famico into a bedroom and closes the door. Guys, we know what that means. It's, it's a, a it's, horrible thing. It's a fragasso. You leave it to your imagination. Exactly. It's a fragasso. And so, all right, we're back to uh, Captain. Captain at the court. He's going, look, this girl is missing. Japanese girl. And you know these kids. All they want to do is schoolwork. They go to school six days a week. I'm talking about Japanese girls, guys. You listening here? Six days a week. They do four hours of homework. They're constantly going on about kanji. They're constantly going on about their instruments that they play. Why would one just play hooky? They don't. Crow, Rios, I want you out on the streets looking for this girl. Could you replace me with someone more sympathetic to Asian community? All right, so this is the conundrum we're in, Graham. All right. Crow is, is Crow is racist, but at the same time, the fact that he acknowledges his racism, does that make him less of a douche? This is why it's a fucking art movie. It's the questions are put right there in front of you. He confronts his racism. He's dealing with it. He's realizing he's struggling. He's reaching out to people being like, I need fucking help. I can't do my job because I my daughter got molested by an Asian <laughs> man. And they're just like, are you fucking kidding me? Murray, please. The role of the captain. The captain is like, first he goes, oh, so you just want to arrest white Anglo-Saxon Protestants. Oh, I guess you get to pick and choose who you put to jail. He does no. the dirty hair. He rolls through every uh, racist word for every <laughs> person living in L.A. And by, and by the way, with your daughter, how many fingers were in there? It was less than three. No big deal. Oh, by the way, my nephew, he got ramrodded by a priest. 
What did he do? He got back on the horse and went on with his life. Tied up his bootstraps, and now he's running three lemonade stands a week. Now get back out on the streets and find me that Asian girl. All right. All right, what's that Asian girl doing? Well, man, we don't want to talk about that. All we know is that Duke is coming out of that room Pulling his pants up. That's so, right. And he's giving the thumbs up to somebody else. And Levon like tags in and then he goes in. All right. Hiroshi getting a visit from Crow and Eddie. So they're at like the school and they're talking to both, uh, you know, her teacher and Hiroshi at the same time. Right. And thankfully, Eddie takes over. Eddie's taking he's the like, lead. He is sympathetic to the Asian community. Uh, Crow at this point is literally just in the background, like kind of looking out the window, scowling, and then every once in a while, he spits some venom into the conversation. Well, yeah, because like Hiroshi's like, I don't understand this. My daughter would never do this. Oh, yeah, that's right, because Asian girls do no bad. Is she having sex? No. My daughter would never do it. My Japanese girls are not like American girls, sir. And of co- well, of course, that's going to touch ho- touch home, because right. apparently the age isn't that far apart between uh, the daughters. Right. Again, parallel. They're both worried about their daughters having sex. Right. So yeah, so another parallel. Back to <laughs> Duke's place. Zookeeper tags in. <laughs> Jesus, man. And then All we right. see Duke. Give him a little nummy to one of his hoes. We see how he's manipulating them. They're the snorting coke. Girl's got a side pony to really yeah. sell the fact that she's underage. Oh, I thought it was just to sell it the 80s. Oh, the 80s, underage, both of them maybe. One girl they kept showing just filing her nails. Like, they're trying to show how fucked up the situation is, is that the girls aren't bothered by what's happening to Fumiko at all. Yeah. They're so traumatized themselves. Right. This is business as usual to them. And we're gonna we're gonna add another complexity to it later on in this movie when we meet Dee Dee, because yeah. we get to learn. That was real. Yeah, yeah, we get to get somebody actually speak up about their experience under Duke. So we're back to Eddie and uh, Crow are driving back to the precinct, and they're t- discussing what they just dealt with with Hiroshi. I can't believe this. This guy was crying like a bitch. I thought these Jeps had. Bowls of steel. And he's like, well, his daughter is missing, Crow. Weren't you just complaining about your daughter, you know? Right. Do you understand? And so he's like, well, I think we might be able to help out, but we're going to have to bend some rules. And this is is why I prefaced it earlier on in the movie, because what has Eddie done? Anything and everything that Crow has wanted him to. And he says, we're going to have to bend some more. Look, I'm not that close to retirement. I want my pension. I want to have a career here. You might, I don't want to run a tavern. That's yeah. your dream. Exactly. So let's fucking do things a little bit more by the book so I can retire a cop in 10 years. Back to Dukes. We see Fumiko getting her hair did. And the, the, it's uh, it's in the living room. The girls are still surrounding, right. still creating joints and filing their nails. Right, and of course we have a guy playing a flamboyantly gay guy doing her hair. Yeah, it looked very similar to Edward Lionheart uh, as Bruno, Brutus, <laughs> Butch, Butch. It was he had he had a fro pick. He was, 
and then he pull he takes off like the uh, what do you call the thing? It's a, the, the, oh, the apron. Apron, and she's all hoed up, got booty shorts on. <laughs> Jesus Christ! And everyone like applauds. He's like, voila! Yes, everybody does applaud. It's and Duke's like, she's open for business. Open for business. So he's ready, and literally, he's like, all right, we got to move. Did. Did the whole traumatic gang rape thing happen like literally minutes before this scene? Again, the timeline of this movie is it happening over a day, two, three, a week, a month? Because that just happened apparently in continuity. That's what we're to understand. So this might be a day or two later. And he's taking her out in the limo. She's going to be picked up by some high Limo to limo because there's another limo waiting. Yep. Oh, he's like, he's like, where are we going? I thought you were gonna take me home. I'll take you home. Just yeah. chill out. You got to see this guy first. Yeah, you said as soon as I did the hair and the other things, I was gonna see my parents. My mom is worried sick. Well, there's someone else worried sick. I mean, another problem with this movie is this girl a is lot. clearly not a good enough actress for this role. She's not Jodie Foster in Taxi Driver, what I'm trying to say. Like it's like so it's even more awkward. Yeah. Like, she's very like robotic the way she talks, which I guess could work if you're traumatized. Uh, but yeah, I just say... I don't I don't I don't think she's mature enough for this role. I yeah. Think. But I mean then again, this is a fucking canon movie for Chris. Yeah. I you feel like there would be more pain more like absolute confusion but she uh, maybe it maybe this is true it just because she is just like shut down and but he's just like out. look i'm gonna take you to a nice guy and then we'll take you to your parents so they go over to the limo he drops her off this pervy fucking old english guy there that's right and he, he she's clearly like i want to go home well, I just talked to your headmistress, and she says you've been very naughty. Like, no, I haven't. I've been the best student ever. You need to be punished. This is Jeffrey Epstein here. Yeah, you need to be punished, little girl. Not like doesn't even care that she is all fucked up. Right, he's a creep. Exactly. And then they just drive off. I am surprised Bregasso. the QAnon movement hasn't picked up on this movie. Because this seems Maybe like they will after this episode. Right, this up. seems like it'd be right up their wheelhouse. Be like, this is a documentary, man. So, all right, now Crow is—he's got a lead. Something's going on at a hotel, and it's uh, apparently a lesbian tickle porn. Yeah, they get a call in on the radio that says, "Hey, we got a report." Japanese girl scene. Yeah. We got know, we know that there's 25k Japanese businessmen. How many Japanese schoolgirls are there in LA at the that's time? That's a good point. Carry the one. <laughs> Carry that one. 537,000. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's a lot. I know, it's like a needle in a haystack. Yeah. yeah. Especially in LA. Uh, I thought the population was at zero at this time, but apparently it's booming. Millions. Just in Japanese schoolgirls. Oh, okay. So he gets a call in on the radio, and they say, hey, there's a commotion going on at this hotel. Uh, they say a Japanese person is involved. They couldn't say Japanese woman because, of course, it's supposed to be a Japanese girl in question here. So they're like, we need to send somebody out there to go check on it. Why would they be filming a porno in a hotel room? They didn't do that back in the day. They probably do it now because you got all those anal cameras. But right. back in the day, you use fucking film and shit. Right? Because they, I mean, they do have like a full set built they out. They got fog. Yeah, they got fog machines. Which was no, it wasn't, it wasn't a fog machine. It was literally a fire extinguisher. He oh, just, like, you're right. Sprayed it. 
<laughs> like Which I like that because that would probably what a porn thing would do. They wouldn't have a fog. You know show. what? I gotta say, very accurate. A while ago, when we did, oh uh, shit, what was what was the stop motion, uh, like seventies movie we did? Stop motion seventies. All the parts with the fucking little owl robot and uh, oh, Clash of the Titans. Clash of the Titans. We talked about. Clash of the big ass titans <laughs> and how lame the production was of that movie. And Waste this, of talent on that. this movie this movie within the movie put way more effort into the production than that movie did. Well we see a woman it's not a cow. What do you call it? It's like a chase. Chase, chase, lounge. chase lounge. She's laying face down while another woman's caressing her body. It's tickle porn. My favorite. Hot, it's very hot in the Asian markets. <laughs> yeah. Really big into tickle porn. So, you know, we're like, okay, he's going to rescue Fumiko. Movie over with. So the guys bust in. Hey, you can't do that. I can't. And then the fight breaks out. We get some more awful fucking. Uh, this is where we get that great high kick from Bronson. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. Which yeah. I think was used in post, like marionettes, like we're using his body. Right. And then we get this, some like. Fucking 78-year-old Bronson beating the shit out of, like, 30-year-old men, yep. twice his size. Right. And he's just watching, eating a pastrami. Exactly. You know, got a Vinny's. He's got his gun out just in case, though. I give him that. Uh, so, finally, the scene calms, and then him and Eddie rush over to the woman. She has not moved. The face-down woman. This is the face-down woman at the beginning of the movie. We saw in a quick cut. Right. The, one, the Asian with the booty. Right. And he's like, that's not a girl's butt. You think she could be in Clash of the Big Ass Titans? Yes. I, I, don't, I don't think she was. I don't think it was a big ass, like a gigantic ass, but still. Clash of the medium-sized Titans, ass Titans. Yeah. Anyways. Roll her over, think it's Fumiko. It's just some high-as-fuck Asian girl. She's just smiling at them because she's high-as-fuck. I mean, come on, it's a porno shoot. So, damn, fucked over again. We're going back to, what'd you say, Sunset Boulevard? Yeah, Sunset Strip. Sunset Strip. Hiroshi's walking down. He's got his friend with him. Yeah, because he had, he was, because both him and his wife are crying about Hiroshi. This is the hypocrisy. This is like hypocrisy most men have in that we all want to fuck hoes, but we don't want any women in our life to be hoes. Right. You know, so he's dealing with that kind of thing. Right. And he's like, it makes sense when you're a guy who, you know, is like fucking hoes are great and everything. It's because you probably demoralize. You're like you, you, you see them as objects and all yes, that shit. Exactly. And so if your daughter becomes that, it's like it gets real. Yeah, exactly. No, you're my daughter. You're more than that. So right. So he's like, I can't deal with. This. I gotta get some air. So he leaves with. I think. I think is like fucking work buddies. With yeah. Him or something. So they're walking. So where do they go? They go to where all the porn theaters are. Exactly. And this guy's like, hey, come in, man. You want to see this hot a, shit? We got nine-year-olds. We got 13. I don't think you'd be screaming that no, shit No, he wasn't out. screaming that. No. He was a carnival barker. So yeah. he's out there. Guy, you won't be stroking your own dick tonight if you come in here. And I was like, wait, is this just showing pornographic movies? Or yes. is this? Because well, he was saying. it could be live sex shows. But yeah, he was you saying. You cannot be saying. You can get fucked he legally. Was, he was telling this guy, not not so much that he was going to get fucking vaginal or, or even anal. He was saying, you won't be stroking your own dick if you come in here. 
So he's really selling Get this theater. Some sucky fucky right now. Well, this so he finds Hiroshi. Zeroes in on like these guys are horny. They're Japanese. Oh, oh yeah. Well, he knows the Japanese. He's right about yeah, them. Yeah. So he grabs him by the lapels and pulls he, him in. He he was one of the first guys to get hentai in America. Yeah, he definitely was. Yeah. He's like, he pulls him in, and he gets right in his ear. This is where, you know, you're right. He was not screaming, <laughs> nine-year-olds! He was pulling him in, and he was just like, hey, man, I know how you guys like it over there in Japan, a little sucky fucky. You've never had such a sucky fucky. I got to tell you, we got them all. We got the Orientals. We got the And nines. that fucking triggers Hiroshi when he hears Oriental. We are Asians! And then he punches the fucking guy, starts strangling him. Fucking security guard comes out, beats the fuck out of Hiroshi. Hiroshi just gets his ass kicked, which he deserves, throughout this movie. Oh, my God, yeah. So He's dealing with some fucking concussion syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> But we know what Hiroshi's going to go home to. A wet-ass pussy. Because his wife is into her man getting his ass kicked. So she's going to be holding his hand, getting on top, and trying to get that Maybe old... Maybe she'll move. Get that old faithful... He could have done something too, Murray. It's not impossible to be on bottom and do something. God, you're always taking the fucking side. What? You're going to let Hiroshi away with this? He's supposed to just lay there? He didn't we just learn he has got his business, he's dealing with all this shit. <laughs> She's dealing with daughters who apparently don't know what's up. Yeah, yeah, She's yeah. She's not even being a mother to her daughters. So he can't move his hips, you're right. When you got someone laying on top of you, it's not that easy, Griff. It isn't. But So you... what so what is she doing? Well, you're supposed to get involved, and then it becomes this No, dance. stop blaming the man. You're always blaming the man. Always blaming the man. I agree with the Cut daughter. Two, the youngest daughter. is taking Fumiko to meet another friend of his. Is, is this your, your person? Duke takes Fumiko to meet a friend of his. <laughs> Let's take a second here. Uh, oh, yeah, this this was such a weird scene. I thought this scene was going to play any part of this movie. It's a throwaway scene. All right, so, yeah, Duke takes uh, Fumiko. I got a very special friend, and she's like, I just want to go home. No, 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 you're going to love this friend, and we're thinking it's going to be more whores. But, I think it's going to be more creeps, not more horrors. Yeah, no, horrors, as in more traumatizing oh, events. Not oh. whores. Horrors. I mean, I know horrors are last month, but still. No one liked our horrors last month. So he takes her, and, well, Murray, we've been throwing one name around, so you gotta, you can't throw one without the other. If you're going to say Epstein, you're going to say Gislaine. <laughs> Gislaine. Gislaine. All I know is we learned that if it's good for the goose, it's good for the gander. Women can be creeps, too, and molest children. And she's in there basically telling her, hey, this isn't so bad. You know, I was lonely once when uh, I was sent away to a private school in Paris. Next thing you know. These people have elaborate fantasy lives going really on. They do. So, yeah, and then she just be, we get a uh, uh, fragasso, cut away. Exactly. Father Burke He's, introduces Crow to Dee Dee, who the girl we saw at the beginning of the movie. She has a name. It's Dee Dee. It is, in fact, that girl. The only lead. That was that girl? Yes. The okay. girl from the beginning. I thought it was. 
because that's the only lead they have on Duke. Right. So fucking Crow tries to get through it, or she's still fucking in the fucking cock smog at Duke. Yeah, his his smog is strong. I mean, when you're that fashionable and have that much and money. Like, Dee Dee, how can you like protect this guy? He turned you out. Right. Uh, excuse me. That isn't the first time I got turned out. My dad turned me out at 12 years old. I was out on the street. My dad turned me out himself and his friends. And then I ran away at 14 and was on the street. And then Crow is like, okay, she's got me there. She fucked uh, Checkmate. Uh, he'd, he'd strung you out on drugs. Yeah, I would have got on drugs if it weren't for him too. Fuck, did you just hear what I told you about my home life? He's like, you don't get it, old man. Nobody, everyone's just like, this guy's just a relic. He's a bo- like, it's basically whatever you say, boomer. Yeah. Okay, boomer. Look, he treated me with class. He took me to hotels. We went to Barbados one time. We went to Barbados. Japanese Disney. Uh, we ate sushi off a naked woman. Have and you done that? If he didn't get me on drugs, someone else would have. Yeah. She's just totally in the cock smug. It was like we were married. We're a married couple. Sometimes I would just sit on his dick, and we wouldn't have any sack. We, he would ejaculate, but I don't know how because we weren't moving. Uh, Dee Dee, would you call that love? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, sir. Would you call that love? And then he starts thinking about his sexless marriage. Right. And then she's just like, Maybe a little that fog parts, and she's like, "Look, I, I'm serious. I really want to know what's going on in Jay Lee's life, where he was like, this movie is very, it needs to happen." Duke, he's not so bad, but I can see where you're coming from, Lieutenant Crow. Can I call you Lieutenant? <laughs> you sure can. Duke is super fly. He wears only the best Dolomite designs up the ass, and the only place you can get those is at Rosario's. He's there all the time. In fact, they're having a dominoes game right as we speak. If you want to find Duke, that's where you need to go. So that night, Dee Dee wakes up. She has a uh, clash of conscience. She's like, oh, my God, did I just betray Duke? That smog just blows in again. So she goes into her fucking uh, uh, ashtray and pulls out something. Dimes. And, and then I realized what it was. It was dimes. And in their... Uh, halfway home or whatever you call this place, there's a payphone. Yeah. She's got to use the payphone. That's not odd. It's not odd? Like a, I don't know about now, but back in the day with rehab, you'd have a payphone. Oh, you wow. You would get to this talk. Over my Damn, I thought that. Uh, yeah, I guess that does make some sense. Yeah. yeah make the phone. Okay. So she calls up Rosario's and says, hey, you know, we then they cut away, but we're assuming she's ratting out Crow, obviously. So Crow, and speaking of Crow, him and Eddie are doing a stakeout at Rosario's. Duke arrives. He walks into Rosario's. We see they got the dominoes all set up. They got all the fucking uh, joints laid Domino's out. Domino's set up and Domino's Pizza catering. Wow. Awful pizza. Awful pizza. In L.A., that's actually the best pizza you can get, though. <laughs> yes. It's amazing. California pizza's trash. Well, and if you're going to get a pizza, you should get it from Michigan. Yeah. So Duke goes in. Rosario tells him, you know, gives him the news. He gets right back in his car, takes off. Crow follows. Uh, of course he does. Of course, since he's living the high life, Duke lives in a gated apartment building. Right. So we- he goes right into the parking garage, and the gate closes. So yep. the boys can't go in. They park on the street. They go in the front door, and there he is, a fucking man who just doesn't want to play ball. 
Yeah, just doing his job. Yeah. Because I don't think, do they even flash their badges? They no. just come in and say they're cops? Hey, we're here. Your guy just came in with a black fellow and a young girl. Do you, have you seen any Japanese girls lately? Uh, sir, you're going to be no, you need sir, to be a little bit more descript. 345,000 Japanese school <laughs> girls move into L.A. every year. Uh, but she was a little Japanese girl. Okay, let me go through the roll of time. I don't have time for this. Grabs a fucking statue, hurls it. The, the guy's in a glass encased uh, desk for some reason. And then he, they just run. And then the guy's like, room 211. And he, they run up to the room. Like, apparently, is this guy in on it? Because he's like, hey, dropping a dime on him. He's like, hey, Duke, they're coming for you. I don't know how. Uh, may, yeah, like like you said, maybe this guy's on the pay. Maybe this is like the house, uh, the apartment complex from uh, the Dread movie where it's just all <laughs> sleazebags or something. Because, man, he is really like, hey, that guy's my brother. I don't care that he's turning out fucking children. I'm going to I'm going to defend him. So he calls him up, Duke. They're on you. Get out of here, <laughs> Duke. So Duke is panicking like a motherfucker. He's packing all his bags, and he's, he, I mean, I feel bad for him. He's got to leave all the sweet ass Dolomite designs. Yeah, he's got. He's only pack one bag. He's got one suitcase, and he's just like, oh my god, I'm gonna have to start again, starting over. John Hart, you don't know how hard that song is for me right now. Famico locked yourself in a room. So Levon is. Sh- Jiggling the door yeah, handle, he's like, pounding care of on that the bitch. door. I gotta go. So Duke takes off with his hose. Right, and Levon is left there alone. So that's when, of course, Crow and boys, Crow and Eddie show up. They shoot through the door and pound their way in. And Levon's just there. You already missed him. They throw him down. They frisk him. They find a note that says Long Beach Tampico, and it's like. Yeah, this might be a great restaurant. Maybe we should check this out. Eddie is always on about restaurants. That's all he thinks about. He hasn't even had Vinny's yet. Otherwise, he would stop. Levant's got a big-ass shit-eating grin on his face. You missed Duke by a pussy hair. Pussy. You, got it? Get, you get it? And then that just sets Crow off, so they grab Levant. Levant immediately bitches out. No, no, please don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. Maybe a little fresh air will make him talk. They take him to the balcony. They hang, they hang him over the balcony. Bending the rules a little. Bending the rules. Of course, Eddie said, I don't want to bend the rules anymore. Right there. Bending the rules. Asking questions. I don't know. I can't tell you anything. And then all of a sudden, I guess he should have tied those laces a little tighter. Levon just slips out of his shoes. Ah, falls down like 20 stories into the pool. Oh, tough guy. And they just get a little... They, they're both each holding a shoe, and they're just... They shrug. He's like, they look, he's like, are you a size 12? <laughs> and he's like, no. And they just throw the shoes off the balcony. <laughs> like, what are we going to do? They turn around. Fumiko sitting there. I'm sorry for causing all this trouble. My name is Fuduko, Fumuko Hadishi, Harashi. Fumiko Hada. Fumiko Hada. Don't be a crow. Be racist. Oh, it's excuse Fumiko me. Fumiko Hada. Sorry for all the trouble I caused you. She's back right into Japanese girl mode. Right. Blaming herself. She's, she's like, I'm sorry. So she, sorry. She is offering a paper crane and an apology. Yes. And then we're like, all right, she's safe at least. And clearly she's still an innocent child by the way she's talking to her superiors. She didn't learn her lesson at all. <laughs> she's just right back to this. It's, it's just ingrained in her to be that way. Right, right, right. So, but uh, she's not talking like Dee Dee. Dee Dee was just like, "Fuck you, police! You guys think you're so fucking cool?" 
maybe American girls can learn something from Japanese girls. All right. Cut back <laughs> to a, two days, two weeks, two years from now. I don't know. All I know is that the Hada family shows up to show their gratitude. They show up at Casa del Crow <laughs> with a present in hand. Why were you saying Spanish now? Because they were in L.A. Oh, okay. So, uh, uh uh, Reed is looking out the window. Hey, there's some Orientals here. Are you expecting Orientals? Oh. They walk in with a present, and they go. They, they, this is where they really lay the thick fucking bad Japanese accent. This, this is. They literally go so sorry. Yeah, this is where Kazuko lets the RL yeah. slip too. Right, and they bring like we wanted. Thank you for bringing our daughter back safe. We know you have a daughter her age, so they give a gift, like a giant, you know, right. gift to uh, Rita. And Rita and Hiroshi make eye contact, and then the flashback. is for party and all that shit yeah people need to hear this i'm gonna put this in there because this oh my god you've got you've got all the troubles washing over uh hiroshi hiroshi's face and and then you just had the peace party do you think because we never see hiroshi for the rest of the movie do you think he finally learned his lesson that's a really good question and you know what? I should have thought about this more, but there's so much to think about. Because he's scared shitless. That, cause he, he does break down a few times. He he, well, first of all, we know how ruthless Crow is. Yeah. He knows how ruthless Crow is, and he sees Rita. He's like, oh, my God, she's going to rat me out to her dad. That's, right. the, that's why he's shitting himself right you know, now. You know what? Because he's also wearing that little button on the lapel. Right. Um... I don't know if it gives too much away because I think we just get. I don't. I don't think how any character learns a lesson in this movie. No, I, I. This is a very uh, Harley Davidson. <laughs> yeah, don't learn any lessons. You don't learn anything, and our fans on YouTube will tell us where's the fucking movie. Um. By the way, so I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, we got a, a new message on Ninja Two: Shadow of a Tear. These guys are scammers. What the fuck are you paying? For a YouTube video. How are we scamming you? We stole five seconds of your fucking worthless life. First of all, if you're looking for Ninja 2, Shadow of a Tear, your life is worthless. All right? By the way, still listen to our episode. But fuck you. That movie is very free online. Yeah. Look it up, Just shithead. Do a second search in Who's the, the scammer looking for a free movie? Right. The nerve of you, A free movie that is on DVD, that's uh, 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 for rent, that you could find for free, probably on Tubi is I, where apo- I it. Let me do. Uh, let me get in my f- in Fumiko mode. So sorry for wasting ten seconds of your life, you douchebag. You spent fucking five minutes of your life typing that out. That's right. Go fuck yourself. All right, back to the movie. So we've got the flashbacks happening between the two, and you know, you brought up the question. Dueling flashbacks. We don't see Hiroshi really, and no. you're right. I don't know how much of a lesson he learned from this because you think if he really learned a lesson from it, he would have told Crow what he did and apologized and been like, I can't live that my life anymore. That would be the honorable. Yeah. I can't live my life like this anymore. I, I did it. I touched yeah. your daughter. But he doesn't. I'm sorry, everybody, to spoil the next 20 minutes of this movie, 45 minutes of this podcast. That doesn't happen in this movie. 
Kazuko has a letter from Fumiko, Fumiko to Crow, and he's like, I can't read this gibberish. What is this shit? This is in Japanese. This yeah. is in Asian. He's he's. This is him toned down on the racism somehow. Yeah. And Kazuko's like, oh, sorry. Let, so sorry. Let me read it for you. So sorry. This says small boat beyond horizon, big boat in harbor, which course is true. It's not so easy to translate. He's like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> this is where the R slip hat. It's not so easy to translate. <laughs> She's like baby talk. I know. Translate. So he's like, I don't know. Fumiko knew what the fuck she was saying. I she don't thought know. you would understand. I'm so sorry. The yeah. Hadas leave. And Crow, he's like, man, I wish I could have saved that girl sooner. Yeah. Don't we all? So, Cup, speaking of what's Fumiko up to? Well, she's in her ceremonial fucking kimono. Her, By the way, she doesn't just have a single door to her room. She's got the double doors to her room. That's why you let Dad do what he wants. So you can have the double door closet. Like, it makes me think she... Everybody, you know, that was a theme in this movie. Double doors. Because yeah. Duke's fucking... All his places had double doors. You're right. Everything was double... Do oh, my God. Is that, that symbolism? Yes, is it is. Jesus Christ. We because gotta, of the double lives that these people are leading? We got to get like a real forensics expert, and we're going to redo this episode sometime in the future because there is so much... Hap this is an art movie. There's so many questions. So Fumiko dresses up like a gay ship. What's not okay? You know, she had that like, trashy fiber yeah, optic. Yeah. Like I wanted it. I was like, I don't know how to describe <laughs> yeah. this in the notes. What's not making it? I'm glad you brought it yeah. up though, because she's got she's it's got like a plastic box with yeah. a fiber optic rose in it. Yeah, and it changes colors. colors. And it's then something you'd see at Spencer's gifts. And then she's got like the theater mirror. Uh, uh, chase or whatever they call those uh, vanity. Yeah. And so she's got the bulb lights around it, you know, and so she's got this all laid out. Yeah. And so she's sitting down. She's got some nice, uh, you know, music of the Orient, which you remember Fonz was a big fan of the Orient as well. Yeah. We did that episode where he wore the Orient's uh, kimono. That's what he said. I'm wearing an Orient's kimono. Um, but then she she's by the, the way that is the proper usage of the word oriental so you were not racist when you talk about an object it's okay yeah okay thank you i we're trying so hard this is a difficult episode to do everybody and we we hope you give us a little leeway here because it this is been five tough. years in the making five right? years in the making I'm, I'm, i hope i'm not wasting anybody's time on youtube with it, but. oh oh my god we are so sorry on youtube and i know you've been listening for the last two hours to by the way if apologize. you are I know you're subscribed, but also like and comment. Yeah. We don't do that like every other fucking YouTube video. Which Not to mention, hammers at home. all we've done in this episode is bring up questions about this movie. Yeah. You should be adding to it. We all yeah. need to be asking questions is, here. Exactly. Just don't be racist as fuck. Yeah, well, that's going to be hard for people on the internet. I was going to say, that's going to be really hard for these people yeah. with this movie. So, yeah, she's all ready for a uh, little Harry Curie. Yeah, she gets out her nice that? little, <laughs> little, uh, little. Uh, <laughs> it looks like it's gonna be like baby a... Kinjite. <laughs> it's a fine little uh, <laughs> box, Asian it's, box. Yeah, it's like a music. Yeah, I thought it was a music box at first, but it's just a little box, and she, that's where she keeps her. We're assuming heroin. I don't know. It's just a little vial of of clear liquid. Yeah, and a syringe. She puts it out in the proper way as a Japanese. Uh, this is the proper way well, of killing yourself. She's doing it like it's ceremonial it tea. She's yes, like exactly. Putting, they do everything like that. Yeah, she puts one thing down and then she like does hand gestures around it. She does a few powers of the ninja. 
Yeah, she I did, didn't understand. She, she did the third and the seventh. Third and the seventh. Spirit and, and wind. Yeah, and then she lies on her bed, ties her legs together with a sash. Yeah, and then the sprawls like puts her out like an angel, like she's doing snow angels. Lays yeah. her arms out and dies. She lives fast, dies love, young, and leaves a beautiful corpse. <laughs> so we're like, man, this is a fucking downer fucking movie. I mean, she right. got saved and she kills herself. So we go next morning. Crow's hanging out with uh, their their other friends of uh, ethnic background. Everybody, no, they're hanging out with the captain. They're hanging out with Eddie. Oh, they're was... having like a like a picnic or something. Oh, like okay. a barbecue in the backyard. Oh, okay. I thought they were at yeah. Okay. And Eddie like gets the call for some reason, and he's just like, "Hey, uh, you're gonna want to hear this." Yeah, that that little Asian girl, she died. Ooh, that's too bad. Next, he's like, maybe these Asians aren't so bad after all. It just took a dead child to convince him that, you know. <laughs> it also was a dead child. <laughs> so they're racking their brain like, well, yeah, where we is cut, Duke? We, we cut to the next morning, yeah. and they're at the office, Eddie and uh, Crow, and they're like, we got to get this guy. I should have got him sooner. We weren't thinking because my heart was clouded by racism. Right. It's not anymore. No. I want Duke. I want it for uh, Fumiko. Eddie's like, hey, maybe that that uh, the note in uh, Levon's pocket it wasn't a restaurant. Yeah, what could it be? And then they're they're going over. Maybe she was sending us a clue with that poem. So he reads it out again, and they talk about boats. And he's like, maybe Tampico. Well, first he goes, he's like, small boat beyond horizon. That's got to be Fumiko's fucking spirit leaving the earth. Uh, correct. Big boat in harbor. Is that me? No, but maybe it's maybe it's a real boat. Yeah. Was this actually a fluent uh what's it called? Haiku. Haiku? I don't I don't know. What where oh I, I we no, lost it. No, it is not. It is not. Okay. So, if she went to fucking Japanese school, she would have learned that <laughs> shit. So they're like, maybe it is a boat. Check for check every marina in like Long Beach for a boat called Tampico. Sure enough, there is a boat named Tampico. We got a lead. We're gonna find this fucker named Duke. And we look, guys. This movie. What do been... we know? What have we said ad nauseum since day one? Right. Nothing but trouble at the docks. And what have we also said? Cut the fucking shit. We just go right to the docks. Nighttime. Right. There they are, looking in binoculars, staking out, just like the movie began. The movie ends with a stakeout. And one binocular deserves another because uh, Duke grabs a pair of binoculars and he notices them. They're both looking at each other through binoculars. Right. We got a we got a real chicken contest happening here. Dick measuring contest. And he's like, that fucking crow. We're going to get him this time. So they, you think they're going to just take off on a boat. No, they get back in their car. That is a good question. Why did they not just take off on the boat? Because Duke wants to get his revenge on fucking Crow. He's like, right. ruined his life. He, he all his hoes have gone astray. Has get, he lost he, all of his hoes? He's got to get a hoe shepherd to find him. He did lose Levon. Yeah, exactly. And Levon was like, he had that eye, man. Levon was helping him coming in, come into the twentieth century. So opening up new markets, diversifying their portfolio. Right. He, what could he do without Levon? Levon was his right hand. He's fine, probably finally realizing that. Interesting. He probably never respected Levon until he lost Levon. It's like uh, the connection between Steve Jobs and the Waz. Exactly. It fi- it makes sense finally. He's got. It's all style with fucking uh, Rosario Duke. or Duke. Excuse Duke. me. 
<laughs> you said style, so I was like, Rosario's, of course. And LeVon was the brains. Right. This is interesting. So he's brainless now. Right. And so he's like, and like, He's like, he's going to get away. Don't worry. We're blocking the only exit. So there's going to be a little game of chicken going on. Or is there? Right. So they're staring each other down. And uh, Duke's new driver is just like, where do we go? He's getting squirrely. Should I go now? Should I just drive right into the? No, just keep waiting, baby. Just Just keep waiting. smirk on his face. And we're like, why are you smirking? What's happening? You're in a stalemate. And then a big-ass crane smashes down on Crow's car and starts crunching it up, impaling Eddie. Poor Eddie. He probably this time was two weeks away from retirement. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) And he's dead. And Crow, all 68 years old of him, Climbs out of that car. He's hanging on the crane. They're like, he's dead. We got rid of Crow finally. The fuck you did. He's still on that crane. (laughs) So Crow starts shooting at him. They're shooting back. Crow shoots the crane operator, which causes the crane to start spinning in a circle. Right. Uh What's his name? Crow finds his moment to be able to like get off the crane. So now he's lurking around on the docks. You got Duke driving himself around. Driving, Crane. holding that cigarette as he's driving. Yes, Gla- good touch, good touch. Yeah. Uh, Crane's still just going in a big just, circle, by the way. Yeah, it's just chaos. The crane is just knocking shit over. God, goons are shooting their fucking Uzis. Crow just has his handgun. I love that shot where, like, like a, a, a barrel of oil got, like, all, like a hole shot in it, and fucking Crow yes. shoots the fucking... Yes, that was so good. That was what, That was the moments in action movies where it's just like... Weapons Master Jack Battalier, is that possible to shoot an oil slick and ignite it? Yeah. There's so many questions, but this is what I used to love about this old action. We're talking about doing a project. I really want to do it because I feel like it bridged the way of our old heroes into the whatever century and it just turned it to shit we're used to this back in the 80s and early 90s shit where it's just like action movies had its own logic and we loved it for its own logic and its own rules anyways we're going back to this awful fight on the docks all the goons get killed by that explosion caused by the gun shooting the the gasoline on the ground we don't have two combatants left here we have an old man and then we have duke who is not a fighter himself. No. The crane knocks over a tr- transformer, so there's fucking sparks, sparks flying yeah. everywhere. It's it's the Doc's equivalent of a sparks factory. We needed those sparks. Gotta have it. And Jay Lee came up with it. So now it's like Duke is fucking pissed. He's lost everything. He lost his goons. So he's going to run over Crow. But Crow drops down. Because like it was like a, there was like a step up, so Crow like ju- oh, hides I, behind a step. The I car could, just drives over him. Okay, I could not make it out because they're using a lot of quick cuts in this scene. Yeah, well, because we got to hide the fact that we have a sixty-eight-year-old protagonist. Yes. So Duke loses control of his car, does a fucking barrel roll off the dock. Well, the crane hit him too. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, you got to mention the crane hit him, and he gave the crane technique flies into the water, <laughs> and then he's like. For a guy who claims he can't swim, he's doing a good job of swimming because he's like, I can't swim. Save me, Crow. You can't let me die. And we're just assuming he's going to let this fucking piece of shit drown. He, this, is a, this is what a loose cannon, a cop that plays by his own rules, would do. Right. And so we're like, movie over because they show Crow and then it was fade to black. Right. But no. 
Crow has another plan up his sleeve. We come back too. We're in the future. Are we getting closure on anybody's story? No. We're getting the opening of Duke's butthole. Okay. That's a good way of putting it. Is so that a segue? We have uh, Crow walking Duke to his cell. Of course, the justice was served. We found this guy guilty. Hands were not tied on that day. And we're bringing him in. And, and, and like Duke's still smirking. He's like, you know, the reality hasn't set in for him yet. Right. And, of course, Duke's got to ask Crow, why did you even do this? Why didn't you let me die? Why didn't you kill me? Why didn't you let me go? I could have given you the president president watch with the diamond face. I shit it out last week. You're going to learn a little something about poetic justice. What do you mean, Crow? Oh, you'll find out. As we're walking down, we see a familiar face. The first one to let him know about how something long and hard is going to be the long, hard dick of the law is right. going to be taken care of. Hey, friend, I got something long and hard for you. Little Danny Trejo is playing a random prison rapist. And he's like, he starts gulp. He starts seeing all these guys are fucking hungry for that fucking dangly little rat tail. I know. I was just going to say, you hear a lot of hooting and hollering. And these guys were just told, hey, go method on Seth. Pretend you are a rapist in prison and you see this perp come through and you hear them all. Ooh, I want to get that scorpion tail. I want to tug on it while I push in you. Hug, tug on it while I hug in you. Great little Thank and you. And they get to his cell and we got a big old Nazi old Nazi dude. Hey there. Looks like I got me some fresh meat, boys. A new mama, boys. Check it out. Crow, you motherfucker. No, get away. Don't touch me. Oh, I'm going to turn this one into my bitch. Look at her little ponytail. And now we just zoom in on that fucking face of the craggy face of fucking uh, Charles Bronson. Now that's justice. And credits. Crow! Murray, complicated movie. Clearly. Well, obviously, this is our third stab at it. Exactly. Well, I don't like the word stab in the context of this movie. I didn't say sodomize. I said stab. Yeah, I know. but uh, Yeah, there you have it, people. This is what what veterans do with the movie. We weren't even... We weren't a, we weren't up to the snuff five years ago, but now we we can do any movie. You know, it. let's talk for a minute about the easy way out. Because people would just cut this movie apart, take it all out of context, but it is kind of interesting. They'd probably do it in five to ten minutes. Right, and they would just say, this movie is so tasteless, it's so terrible, and there's a lot of tasteless, and there's a lot of terrible about this movie. But it is Until in- you understand the context that we put there for you. It is interesting... That Bronson was actually playing a character who was reaching out to people. You know, they're all like, 80s men didn't know how to talk. He was out there trying to talk, and that message was in this movie, which is what people would try to say, like, this movie is against. Crow was out there trying to say, I'm troubled. I don't know how to accept the fact that my daughter was molested on a bus. I don't know how to deal with my newfound racism of well, Asian not, people. I don't know if it was newfound. I think he always was. Well, we came to that result that yeah, yeah this clearly was not a newfound racism. Um, yeah. it's a it's a complicated movie, and I think if you find anything on YouTube about it, it's just going to be simple. Hey, this movie's really bad and stupid. I'm sorry to do that. And that tone. guy probably has 125 comments and 700 likes. Yes. Yeah, but that's what you want. 
But when you try to bring a whole conversation forward to people with lots of questions, lots of, you know, lots of things to think about, no, you get nothing. Well, Except our favorite fans. They, of course, give yeah, us. The real. They give us, they give us great ride feedback. Ride or die. Okay. Uh, Griff, a couple weeks ago we lost some dicks. Speaking of dicks, we lost classic Richard Roundtree, Shaft. Oh, yeah. So I'm announcing right now. 30 you aren't even going to listen, but we're going to do it anyway. We're going to do Shaft on Black Exploitation History Month. We're going to honor Richard Roundtree. Another Richard died, Richard Maul. Uh, if you're a fan of Night Court, you probably remember him as Bull, the big guy with the shaved head. But he also played a lot of uh, great 80s villains in movies. And we're going to honor him by doing a movie that is an hour and 15 minutes. Because, because we want, we trust me, guys. We want to do a 90-minute episode Yeah, yes, So we hopefully we can knock that one out in 90 minutes. A little movie called Dungeon Master. Okay. It it I think it it's about the dangers of video games or D&D. &D. You've been telling me about yeah. this one, haven't you? I think I have. Uh, no, I think you've been telling me about a TV special that was oh, against yeah, that D&D. Oh, yeah, that was the Tom Hanks TV movie. Yes, I was going to say. Mazes and Monsters, I think that was called. But I, no, we're doing... That might be a good one to visit, too. Yeah, but yeah, but for now, we're going to do that nice, sweet hour. I think it's an hour 16, but if you take out credits... Credits? But then again, IMDb loves to fuck with the times. Like, I've, There's been movies I'm like, oh, grip, hour 40, and then it's like two hours and five minutes, and I'm like, yeah. what the fuck? But I'm pretty sure this is an hour. I just did a movie because Mike's been putting up more uh, action movies in our wheelhouse. And so I watched one recently. It was called like the survival game. And I was like, based on the trailers, I was like, oh, my God, this is G&G &G fodder. Also, by the time you're listening to this, I will have put up our poll for our Thanksgiving episode. You know, every Thanksgiving we pay thanks by allowing you to pick the movie. It's the theme is Home Stallone. We're doing Sylvester Stallone movies. And if you're lucky, you pick the right movie. We're going to have our own Stallone, our own Italian stallion, Mr. Joe Coleman. If, we're, if, he's, if he graces with his presence to be on that episode with us. So make sure you vote on our Twitter. I don't call it X. It's Twitter to me. At G&G &G Theater. If you're, and if you're not listening, uh, following us or listening to us on Twitter, you should just so you can vote on this poll. Because we're going to have four classic Stallone. Well, three and one other one. <laughs> so make sure you vote because I'm only going to have it up for seven days. And it'll probably be in the middle of it as you're hearing this. That's so right. tune in next week for Dungeon Master and keep it warm. <laughs>